you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light you'll see All right, everyone's in the corner. Sorry, I had to, so had to throw one in there. So darling, stand well, by gotta... me. Oh. Wow. Voice of an angel, Jimmy Wong, everybody. everybody. As soon as Jimmy stand. started singing, I was like, wow, I want to be mad. Yeah, I'm going to show off. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Uh, you are listening to The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Klein. If you didn't know this, we have a lot of extra voices today. We had a whole, uh, <laughs> we had a whole like barbershop quartet, so we figured we'd, you know... A barbershop quartet with zero harmony, am I, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah zero barbershop, but there was full quartet. That's right. Uh, you are listening to episode 147 of The Command Zone. It is the return of the Commander Summit 2017. Which is the now annual Commander yeah, Summit. Yeah. It's almost exactly a year. We're pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. We should do it every year. Um, before we get to introducing our guests, let's do our little upkeep business. The first thing is to let you all know that we are sponsored by CardKingdom.com. Make sure you go to CardKingdom.com slash Command Zone if you would like to support the show. It's Order our all link. your Modern Masters 2017. Pre-order it. Are the spoilers out yet? The, I don't know. As of this recording, we're recording no. in the past. Yeah, we are. They might be the out. They could be. If not, be. I bet you can pre-order by now, and it's going to be <laughs> awesome. So you probably want to order it. Yeah, I hope so. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, go to cardkingdom.com/slash/commandzone to check that out. And uh, also, if you forget to enter the link, just put a note in the uh, purchase, or enter the thing, and your shopping cart will be saved, and you can just. Check out from there. So thanks, everybody, in advance. The other way to support the show is directly. You can go to patreon.com slash command zone, and there you can contribute directly to the show, help us keep making command zone and things like game nights. And one thing we do every single episode of command zone is call out a lucky patron. How -hmm. lucky of them. So this episode is dedicated to Dylan Leary. Who's been supporting the show for quite a long time. Uh, here's some, I see some nods. You guys know Dylan? His name I've pops up on Twitter quite a, yeah. quite a bit. Uh, I pronounce it Dylon. 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 <laughs> this one's for you, Dylon. The Commander Summit 2017 for Dylon Laurie. Oh, man. It rhymes with Cylon. I don't know if that's yeah. good. Ooh, that is not good. Ooh. Thank, actually you, just thank you, back. Dylon. Find best rappers of all time. Dylon, 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 Dylon. <laughs> Those voices you're hearing are our special guests for these Commander Summits, both episodes now. So mm-hmm. we uh, bring in our esteemed colleagues from other Commander podcasts. First, we have Andy Hull from Commander's Brew. Hello. It's me, Andy Hull from Commander's Brew. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) What what an intro. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Everyone's going to just jumping to listen to your podcast right now. Whoa, nice. (laughs) That guy really said the same thing Josh said. Great. (laughs) And uh, Phil DeLuca from Commanderin. Hey, everybody. 
It's Phil DeLuca from Commander. From Commander. <laughs> yeah. So we should talk We're about good. your shows really quick. Uh, okay. Andy, let's talk about Commander's Brew. We've talked sure. about it many times on the show before, mm-hmm. but uh, for if anybody out there ha- doesn't know what it is, I don't know why you wouldn't, but they will now. Let's get let's yeah let's give yeah. them a rundown. All right. Well, Commander's Brew is a podcast hosted by myself and my co-host Sean Tavares, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, we're both. Uh, comedians and entertainers and that sort of thing. So uh, we we uh, decided to do that and focus on budget commander decks. So we're talking fifty dollars commander decks. We do we do usually do two. Uh, each of us will take a, a side of a theme and, and build a deck based on that. Um, lately, we've been straying a little bit from from our like rigid format. So um, but yeah, if you want to go and uh, f- discover some weird cards you've never heard before mm-hmm. that are very cheap and you want to add to your non-budget brews, you can also do that. It's great. A lot of people really like the Straying from Staples episode we did last week where we yeah, talk about good. a lot of those hidden gems. Yeah, so you're going right. to find even more of them at the Commander's Brew. That's yeah, we get asked about budget all the time and we usually send them your way, Andy. So <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you guys are the experts about the, the budget end of Commander. <laughs> yeah. Now, Phil, you are the Commander and MTG podcast host along with um, Nate Burgess. Nate Burgess and Sean, Sean Watson. Watson. Yeah. Yeah, you want to talk a little bit about your show? Yeah, sure. Um, we're sort of the variety show of Commander Podcasts, and we've more or less found our niche as uh, kind of an interview show, because every set now will have uh, the designers and developers on the show to talk about that set. And most of them are Commander players as well, so we're able to talk about how those sets work well with Commander, or don't in some cases. Yeah, it's been really great listening to those episodes, hearing from people like Sean Main and uh, such, talking about designing mm-hmm. the different sets or conspiracy and things like that. You guys tend yeah. to have just a lot of guests in general, and I think people like that about our show. So if you like guests, Commander In is a great one to check out if you haven't checked them out already. Mm, thanks. And we've all guested on each other's show yep. at some point, yes, so you'll find us there. <laughs> you shall indeed. I well, know I had to go budget for an episode of Com- <laughs> Commander's Brew. And it was <laughs> hard. It was tough. I only had $15 to spend on... That's right. That was really hard. And that's during over. the commander episode like the commander 2016 product episodes mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah i was doctoring the uh, atraxa deck and wow 15 dollars. that's hard well you mean you gotta buy the deck first that's a lot of money You're that's 35 yeah that's 35 dollars <laughs> you know? and then 15 got it up to 50 yeah. yeah so the point of the commander summit it's the same reason we did it last year is we're looking back on the year to sort of talk about the hot button issues of the format. We tweeted about this, got some questions from you guys, as well as the state of Commander, what we think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out a lot of stuff we talked about last year ended up being very relevant. The profit of Crufix being a main discussion point. Yeah. Uh, that was a big discussion point. Yes. <laughs> very big. And also most overpowered general. A lot of things we're going to revisit this year as well as go into the future and, and see. We're going to look back and we're going to look ahead. So we're covering everything. We're just not looking at ourselves right now. We're not looking at ourselves? <laughs> How do you even look at yourself? I guess in the mirror or camera? Yeah, or the camera, yeah. I'm looking at myself. <laughs> I'm, a lot of selfies. Looking I'm looking at good. Yeah. yeah. We've never done this uh, camera setup, by the way. So if you're watching this on YouTube.com slash the Command Podcast, you're going to see all of our faces. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? <laughs> I'm like, what camera do I look at? So why don't we just jump right into it? Yeah, so yeah. we've got a list of topics. We'll start with the first one. It's how did 2016 go for you as far as Commander EDH? What were some of the highlights for you personally in your own gaming experience? Andy, why don't you uh, start us off? Yeah, all right. Let's, let's kick it off. Uh, I think it's pretty... It was a great year, for one thing. I think not only personally, but I think for the format. I think it was overall a very good year. Uh, I would say, and I'll be the first one to say it, I think the Commander 2016 product... Uh, we can pretty much all agree was pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of awesome reprints, some cool new mechanics, 
great. I mean, four color commanders. I, you know, you can point to any of the things that were involved in that set, and you can be pretty happy. I think overall, um, uh, for me um, personally, it was a good year for a podcast. We had, we we did uh, that was our like full one year, fifty two weeks or whatever, right? Of, mm-hmm. of doing you guys the show. didn't so, take one week off. You know what? We uh, we took a week off, um, when we, like right when we started. But then we did. We have since done fifty two in a row without stopping. Wow! Which wow! Which is like hardcore. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. When, when we did it, we we're like, whoa. <laughs> We did. We We've never, never even done stopped. that. Yeah. No, we take weeks off. Sean's a, a, a cruel, cruel taskmaster. <laughs> let me tell you, he doesn't let me stop. Sometimes I'm like, "Hey, man, like it's gonna be real tough for me to record this week. Can we not?" He's like, "No, I, I really don't want to take the week off." I'm like, oh, "Okay, fine, we'll find the time then." <laughs> he's just chanting fifty-two. <laughs> yeah, he just wants that. Now he's got. Now he's chanting hundred and four. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, gonna, boy. it's never gonna stop. <laughs> it's gonna go to two a.m. after that. How about um, your like actually playing the yeah. format, like? Actually playing the format, actually, I have not played less Commander in the last year. You have not played mm. less? No, I played, I didn't play that much. Uh, and that's unfortunate, obviously. But like a group, a, a bunch of our like play group left to come here. To come to LA. To come to LA. If you don't know, Andy is from know. Toronto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And so like, yeah. So Brendan this is why this Scott happens once a year here, is because yeah. this is when I come here. Yeah. <laughs> Phil lives here all the time. You guys live here all the time. And I come here like around this time every year. So, yeah. so anyways, um, uh, so a bunch of those guys moved here. So like our, our metas uh, shrunk, you know, a little bit. So I haven't played that much and I want to, to play more. I also found I have too many decks. Like, I'm, so every time I sit down to play, I'm like, uh, it takes like way too long to decide which one I want to play. Do you think that's a, uh, a side effect of having every deck be fifty dollars? Yes. So it is. for yes. one deck, you get <laughs> don't you tell, know. don't tell anyone. That's actually the downside. You get like forty decks, and you're just like, oh, I can't decide. I'm, I'm not. I'm is not that, coming tonight. Yeah. Is it an actual number? Do you actually have forty? No, no, no. I don't. No. How I have, many? Actually, I have. Um, I think. Uh, How many episodes? I have eighteen. <laughs> Decks, but um, uh, actually, only like t- eleven or twelve of them are, are actually fully together. Fully, t- yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah wow. I see. I get you. Uh, and I right. only took like seven here. Oh, okay. So oh. Uh, Saturday morning, you don't you won't have that much uh, trouble no, 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 choosing. I, it's going to be yeah, easy. Okay. For me well, to whatever pick, you yeah, pick, yeah. I will destroy you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my decks cost fifty dollars. Don't forget to tell everyone that Josh threatened you two nights prior to actually playing. He threatened me? Out of nowhere. Just, he said he was going to destroy you. Oh, yeah. sorry. You mean now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, thought yeah. you, I thought you were like, he did this two days <laughs> he ago. Already and I already forgot that it. I threatened him. Every, he already yeah. forgot. No, I thought you said two days prior. Everything like, is ammo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we're not playing for two days. Uh, Jimmy, how was 2016 for you as far as EDH? What were some of the highlights? 2016. Yeah, some of your the own personal playing, you know. I think Game Nights is obviously a huge highlight. So, Game Nights, for those that don't know, is our gameplay series where we actually play Commander on camera and then Josh edits together like a boss. Um, being able to do that has been really great because I've been able to make new decks and forced to make new decks yeah. and also play in a way that is a little different, I think, where it, it almost makes you, it forces you for, you know, every time the camera's pointed on me, I act differently as I should. <laughs> uh, I'm not just like camera, eh, whatever. Uh, so it like makes me play more interactively and be more smiley, I think, and like enjoy the game a little more. So that's actually, I think, had an overall positive benefit on how I play Commander. So people like you more when you play now? Hopefully. I mean, the thing is more, I don't get as salty. And mm-hmm. I think that was a problem. That was like oh. something I talked about in the New Year's resolution thing, uh, our episode, is that I want to avoid that um I'm, I'm trying to think back to the beginning of the year i, I mean honestly i think we're all going to say this but i wish i could be pl- have played more commander this year mm-hmm. uh, i think like the first year i ever played was the most i think i've still ever played in a year span of period because we time. didn't do a podcast back then yeah. yeah 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 um but you know i think for the podcast it's been a lot of fun too because we've been able to 
finish off a lot of the series that we had. We finished the Color Wheel series. We got more guests. We started a bunch of new stuff. And we launched a Patreon, too. And I think these are all incentives for me to keep myself really involved in the format and always, like, looking at spoilers, making sure I attend a lot of pre-release events so that I get to play with the new cards and then have a better sort of discussion about them later on. Um, but it's been nice. I think it's we've been evolving uh, as players and as podcasters. So I think everything that I've done over the past year has contributed positively. There haven't been too many downsides. Still How about you, Phil? I still got to hang out with you all the time, though. So. <laughs> that's one downside. That yeah, that's one downside. <laughs> Yeah, um, I used to play a lot digitally on uh, a non-Magic the Gathering online uh, Cockatrice, yeah, right. Cockatrice, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop because I realized that I was, uh, not stop entirely, but I focused on working on the podcast, actually, while I was on the computer. Because if I'm on the computer time, I'm either planning or I'm editing or doing something. You right. guys know this, right? And so I ended up playing a lot more Paper Commander, which is really cool. And I got a new job in August, and... Um, yeah, Phil, you work where everyone we know works. Yeah. yeah. I literally barely know anybody that doesn't work at Riot So it happens when you move to L.A.? Evidently. Every, yeah. All yeah. your friends work you, at Riot You just yeah. get pulled into Maybe I should, bit. I even work there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I feel like I should get a job there just because. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, see you next Monday? No, yeah, well, that's the thing. If you say that around Riot people, you're working there before you know guys, it. Guys, feel free to get me a job at Riot. Anytime <laughs> you want, I'll do it. I did mean to talk to both of you about that. Yeah. Um, Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no problem. So uh, I ended up creating a meta at work. Right. Oh, they already, nice. When I walked in, they had a box of Shadows Over Innistrad on the product lead's desk. And I was like, all right, this is going to be cool. And I put together a sealed league first and then introduced people to Commander, of course, because you have to do that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Give them and, the soft stuff first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a funny story. Who was the, your the very first opponent in your sealed league? This time around, my yeah. very first opponent was Jonathan Laux. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Former nice. co-host of Limited Resources. Yeah, yeah. Jay Laux. That's a, tough, um, that's a tough crowd over there. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, it's really tough. Did you, yeah. win, did you win that round? I did actually win. Woo-hoo! No yeah. way! Represent no, I, Commander and representing. Yes, nice. Boom. Well, I found out from one of his uh, subsequent opponents that he retuned his deck, and it's devastating now. So I'm very <laughs> well, he lucky. retuned it because of you, though. Yeah. So yeah. You're, basically, every win he gets from there forward is actually your responsibility, too. Yeah. I, I think what he did was he had five minutes to put a deck together and just slapped a couple of colors together and played it. And uh, I have a lot of removal and control stuff, so... It was nice. How about cool. your uh, EDH game playing this year? Did you did any highlights of the year or anything like that? Um, well, I've started a league. Actually, I started a league in January, but I put it together at cool. the end of last year, and that's really cool. We meet at a uh, at a Burbank uh, store called Geeky Tees. So if you ever find time, oh. come on over there. Yeah. I've never heard of it. What's the yeah, league? What? How's the league work? Uh, quickly. Well, it works a lot like Sheldon Menery's league, where uh, the start Victor, with the precon. You start. We started with card. the 2016 precons. It was awesome, and cool. we got to add a card based on how many points we earn in a game and who is the first out gets the first pick. And once you pick a card, then nobody else can pick it, right? That's right. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember you talking about that. That sounds so, uh, fun. So, first pick. <laughs> oh, it's tremendous first pick. Fun. What was your cool. first pick? Cyclonic Rift. Gotta so, be. I'm playing Brea. Yeah. And what was? What do you think my first Cyclonic pick was? Rift. Yeah, Cyclonic Rift? Yeah, absolutely yeah. was. Yeah. Right. If you're not, unless you're not playing blue, then that's the yeah. correct first pick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People can cry about Dead Eye, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I scoop that as quickly yeah. as I could, too, because. You I, just, I, you play the game, you're like, I'm playing red. I can see. Cyclonic <laughs> Rift. Yeah. Um, Josh? Yeah, great year. We did a lot of events this year um, mm-hmm. GPLA. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's right. There was uh, PAX. There was the Card Kingdom event. We got out uh, quite a few times uh, to play with a lot of um, listeners and people out in the community, which is great because we really get a good look at 
you know, you can be really insulated with your own playgroup yeah. and you can have sort of a really skewed view of what the format looks like and it's great to get out and see what other people and, and interact with them and see what their metas look like and how people play and mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. Um, so that was fun. Uh, yeah, I'll echo what, well, what you two said, but Phil didn't really say this, which is that, yeah, probably played a little bit less than I would like, especially once we started doing like, uh, we've, we've ramped up our content of late and so that's cut in, but Game Nights has been great. You've been um, insane. Yeah, it's been a little crazy. <laughs> Game Nights has been great, though, for all the reasons Jimmy said, which is forcing us to do things maybe that we wouldn't normally do. So build Pretend decks. Pretend to like each other. Build decks. Yeah. You know, there's that weird that thing we've talked day, about though. on the show where um, <laughs> if you smile, it's been proven to actually make you happier. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a tail wag the dog kind of weird thing. <laughs> and yeah, it actually works in the games, in Game Nights and stuff, is like you can, it proves to you, you can overcome saltiness. You can overcome like... The, um, what's yeah. the word, tilt, mm -hmm. um, by being forced to act happier, it actually will make you less salty and, and have less tilt, like yeah. by not sort of being allowed because of the camera to have those sort of reactions. And so it teaches you to maybe to do that a little bit more when you're not, when there's no camera around. So mm -hmm. uh, that's some good advice to everybody. Nice. Anyway, cool year. Um, cool year. I went to my yeah, first really GP good. this year. I also really? forgot to mention awesome. that. Oh. Did you actually play in the main event? <laughs> no, but I sure I never didn't do. pay for it, though. <laughs> I never did. Oh. I didn't know you didn't have to do oh, that. No. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, here's a PSA to everyone out there. To everyone out there. This might, is very might commonly asked question. Yeah, know, we yeah. ask this all the time. You go to a GP, especially as a commander player, you don't have to pay anything. You yeah. walk in, Just there's going to be... Down. Tables and tables and tables of people playing Magic. You can find a spot. You can play Commander. You can sign up for side events. Mm -hmm. which Those are you like, will have to pay for. You will have to pay for, but you don't sign up ahead of time. So you don't right. need to pay. Like There's usually like a $75 entry fee for the main event. You don't have to pay that it, because a lot of times it's like, uh, it's a standard tournament. I don't want to play standard. Mm -hmm. But that means you should still go because there'll be tons of Magic players and you can find the type of Magic you like to play, I promise. And yeah, you can... Commander, you can just find a table and play yep. for free. There will be sometimes commander events that you can pay for if you want to try and be more competitive and win yeah. prizes. There's drafts, things like that. But GPs are awesome. Yeah, yep. they are. It was a lot of fun. Had a blast. GP yep. Toronto. Speaking of 2016, it's been a pretty stable year for our format. You know, last year at this time, we had a ton of stuff that kind of happened, and we had a whole mm -hmm. laundry list of things yeah. to talk about. And this year, really, there hasn't really been any major changes to the format. So I think... It'll be interesting for us to talk about how we see the state of the format, and if do you think there should have been some rule changes maybe that happened in Commander this year, or did they get it right um, as far as like not basically changing anything? Uh, we'll revisit, I think, some of the topics we talked about just to see if our temperature has changed on those. But but for this discussion, and I don't know, Phil, maybe do you want to start? How do you feel about the state of the rules specifically in Commander and, and, and the rules committee and if anything needed to be changed or they missed anything? Mm, the rules specifically are pretty good. I like them. I think uh, the last year they did away with rule four, right? So yeah. now mm -hmm. we can generate any color mana, of course, if you have to have the right uh, support to do it. I think that was a really good change. It made a couple of cards spike in price, but that's all right. Yeah, was there, is there any rule that you would like to see <laughs> looked at or anything like that? Or, or you think they may be missed or you think... Standing Pat was a uh, rule that allows Paradox Engine to be played. In Commander. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get to the we'll get to the band yeah, cards we'll later. There. Yeah, no, I think the rules overall are pretty solid. I think they did a good job this year. How about you, Andy? I I have to agree. I don't think there's that much that I I would want to change. Like if it's not broke, don't fix it, mm -hmm. right? Like um, I agree that that rule, rule we talked about this last year. You know, rule yeah. four change, positive change. I think, and I think it's proven to be fine for the format. It hasn't hurt. Uh, I don't think at all. And if if anything, it's, like you said, made some cards spike in price, which, like, uh, oh, well. But, like, it, that's good. That means it made some other cards good. 
better even, right? So, you know, you know, that's fine. Yeah, I think there's been a trend of moving Commander closer to the official rule set for Magic. Um, and I think that's pretty fine. Uh, there's no reason I think Commander needs to have so many special different rules. Like, the Tuck rule is another one that I, I still disagree with because it's like, well, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> Well, because it is different than the regular it rules? It is different, yeah. yeah. So for me, it's like, I'm glad, I mean, obviously the command zone and having a commander you can replay there is yeah. a commander only thing, but I'm pretty happy overall with how the rules are doing. I think if you really had to nitpick, you could probably just say like, I wish everything was more like the regular magic rules so that we wouldn't have these weird cases. Or maybe even like, maybe they need to add some rules in to help prevent the tilt. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe there should be a rule and there'd be like, rule number one, try to have fun. <laughs> Please be nice to your players. Um, but I mean, otherwise, the, the, sta- the format seems pretty stable. Nothing is like broken out super hard. Um, I still haven't made the send triplets deck I've talked about since the rule yeah. four change. Oh, so yeah. Game nights. Yeah, game nights. I can make you make that deck. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, force this guy to make that deck. I want to see yeah. it. No. Maybe eventually. Um, yeah, I like standing pat. I think yep. the format's in a really good place. I also don't like the complexity of adding rules or doing stuff when mm-hmm. you don't have to. So yeah. I like the restraint they showed in not making uh, any changes or new rules. Just gives me a little bit more confidence maybe than I even had in them last year because constantly changing just doesn't feel good. I want mm-hmm. it to be simple, like you said. I would prefer, I think... Again, we've talked about this many times. The the tuck rule was how it was. It's not bad that it's how it is now. It's fine. And I, but for the reasons you stated, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah the rule four change I think was was good though. Uh, the Vancouver Mulligan, I yeah, actually, that's... I actually like, and I know a lot of people don't though. That's worked out really well though. Yeah, I think, I think that's it's been great. Good. Yeah, it like makes it. so many decks that were too powerful a lot less sort of mm-hmm. like immediately out the gate winning and a lot of other it just sort of evens the playing field actually i think one rule that maybe they should start including is figuring out how to like and maybe this is our this is already the case but like if you go to a gp and there are people there like a nice little like checklist of how to establish what the house rules are are there any house rules do you you know play with this well, I mean, isn't that what the rules are? I, I, that's exactly. I was gonna say that's what the rules are. Now, if you I, I want, di- so. if you want different rules, then you have to. That's but the right. assumption should be like these are the rules. Or you're I, yeah. I mean, like maybe this is me just being like we all need a little help, you know, like a little checklist socially to figure out what to ask before things get heated. Because I've seen this happen all the time. And like, oh, you're playing in college, we'd play beer pong all the time, and the, and something would happen <laughs> where we'd be like, we didn't agree on that, you know. So I, I, I just... Do maybe, you think beer maybe, had anything to do with that? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, look, I, I just think at a GP with strangers, a lot of us aren't the best at approaching people and sitting down. It's a pretty intimidating thing. If there is just like a, a guideline, maybe I'll just have to make it about how to like how to introduce yourself and make sure you're playing all together now. When is the all beer pong summit? Now. That's what I want to know. <laughs> I think they have actual summits. I, mean, I would not <laughs> be must. surprised. No I wouldn't question. be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm just I'm just adding something for the sake of adding something. So. I think if you go to a GP... <laughs> Which is what we just said we don't want them to do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think, but to that topic, I think if you go to a GP, you have to immediately establish, are we using the standard commander rules and are we allowed to use proxies? Yeah. Those two. Proxies yeah, I think those might be the only thing ones. where I could... Yeah, yeah, I think you're... Actually, that's a good point. Well, that's I an mean, interesting discussion. How do you personally feel about proxies? Phil, like, what would your answer to that? Let's say we're at a GP we've never met. We sit down, and I, the first question I ask is, uh, what's the rule system we're using, and are proxies okay? At that point, I point them to the Commander's Brew episode about the staple binder system. <laughs> so you tell them, go listen to a <laughs> podcast. Go listen to an hour-long yeah, yeah. podcast. Actually, I'll play and, it for them. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Do you want to explain that for the listeners um, that maybe haven't heard? Yeah, so the staple binder system is where we have uh, some high-value cards kind of in a binder, and then we'll either swap them between decks, which is what I usually do, and that's time-consuming at the beginning, or... Uh, 
I'll point to a deck and say, really, the original is in here. I'll go find it if you want, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm curious, though. This means you're not okay with proxies? Not okay with proxies. Okay. You have to own at least one copy of the card. What do you... If we sit down at GP Andy and I'm I'm like... You can use whatever you want. If you wanted to just play... uh, Sleeve up a bunch of lined paper with the names of the cards (laughs) written on it, if that's what you have to do to play play the game you like, go go ahead, man. (laughs) Honestly, I'm not... No no judgment, guy. The only thing is, it's going to be real hard to tell what you got those cards, man. Like, what what card is that? Yeah, they're all just stick figure drawings. It's just a picture of a cat on a piece (laughs) of lined paper. No. I, that's I, a Johnny, unless I, I yeah, actually yeah. need it to be something Johnny? else. In this case. It's a Johnny or Tesa. <laughs> yeah. um, and what? then rule set? And Ring, what, sorry? Any, any special rules? Oh, or? no. Like, um, like okay, whatever proxies you want are fine. And, like, let's just play with the standard rules always. Like, yeah. Mm, I, I still have never come across anyone who plays with special rules. Yeah, I would set standard rules, too. Well, well there's special go. rules. Oh, so. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know what I have? I played with I was these like, guys you know online. Phil. Yeah, I do know Phil. Yeah. Yeah. The stopping of infinite combos and things like that. Yeah, it's more voluntary than anything. If we're in a mixed group, I don't expect people to yeah, adhere yeah. to that. But what I do personally is I make sure that I, I don't put any uncontrollable infinite combos, like the Sanguine Blonde, Exquisite Blood combo. And uh, if I have a voluntary infinite combo, I only do it five times a table wheel. You cap it at five. Yeah, I cap it at five times. Because anybody can generate an infinite But you don't sit down at GP and try to explain that to people. No. You're just like, whatever. Yeah. No. yeah just kinda, uh, do you, yeah. How do you feel about proxies? Uh, I don't. I, I, I like the idea of you have to own at least one of the card. I mm-hmm. think uh, before that, I'll say that any card that's gold bordered, as long as it's printed by wizards, is beyond okay. Oh, In yeah. fact, that is eight yeah. times better than just a piece of paper proxy. Totally. Um, I would say though, if someone does say I have proxies in my deck, I'm not going to go. You can't play with me. I'm going to. <laughs> right. I will. I will. No. I will actually sit there and be like, okay, what is proxied? Because um, if they're Imperial just like guy is cradle force of will and they name off like five twenty like two hundred dollar a hundred dollar cards then I'll be like okay okay get a better job <laughs> and buy those cards okay yeah why don't you uh, go back to work and then uh, <laughs> yeah, there are vendors right. all around here but what no. are you gonna do you gonna you're, then you're gonna say no, no I mean I would just probably make a point of it being like okay I I'm personally gonna be fine with this because I just want to play the game but I I I will sometimes probably I mean I might be the guy that makes a point of it and being like. This is going to cause some ire because these aren't just like, oh, I only have four copies of Cyclonic Rift and this is my fifth deck. Mm-hmm. This is more like you are making your deck significantly more powerful. Yeah. Um, and like it's true, you don't have the money to buy those cards, but at the same time, the point of the game is to build a deck that you can with your budget. Yeah. And you know, we talk about it on the show all the time. There's a lot with just to power up your deck without having to have a guy's cradle in there. Right. The thing about the, it, it, I mean, I'm, again, I don't think I've come across a person who's like proxied that many high-powered cards like that, but... I've seen a few. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, and I'm sure they exist, for sure. But it's like, yo, it's more fun to work within the, um, like, limitations of what yeah. you yeah. own and can't afford, right? So it, I would challenge those people to, like, just work with what you have. Trust me, it can be very fun and still quite powerful. Yeah, and I think the social contract, too, might be a little different for the people that power that want to power up their decks that significantly with yes. proxies, because yeah. then what are you playing for specifically? Are you playing to have fun, or are you playing <laughs> because you wanted to build a really powerful deck with your proxies? So I, I think there's a lot more that goes into what's in a player's mentality if they're going to that level. Mm-hmm. If it's just, like, a couple of cards or whatever, like, I don't care at all. Yeah, yeah, a couple I, of cards is not bad. I'm with Andy, kind of, at GPs anyway. Like, mm, I don't really want you to have a piece of paper that you just scribbled on. <laughs> I would, yeah, because I would, that, that please ruins, at least print it that out. That <laughs> ruins the integrity of the game, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah. the game yeah. is, like, a game world that we want to have a certain aesthetic. And so yeah. I don't love it, but I still wouldn't. I'd be like, okay, fine, whatever. And it can be Tabernacle, Pendrel Veil, and whatever you want, I guess. Right. At a GP, in a playgroup, I think it's different. In our own playgroup, if somebody was 
proxying a lot. I, I want the proxy to be like a test. It's like trying on the clothes. Eventually, mm-hmm. you got to buy the clothes, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, then, I think I would go with Phil's mm-hmm. sort of, yeah, I would want you to own one, one copy. Now, you don't have to own a lot. But if it's going to be a length of time, like I do totally get it, though, and I, I, I'm totally fine with it when people are like, well, I, I'm testing out this deck, and if I like it, I'm going to buy the cards, but I don't want to buy a bunch of cards for a deck that I may play twice and be like, you know, I yeah. didn't like, like your um, side Arcondo, Silas Ren yeah, deck yeah, that yeah. you played, and you, you know, if you buy all those cards and you play it and you realize... It's not that fun to play. Yeah, I've <laughs> done I'm, that. Yeah, and I've done it many times it too. So I totally am, am um, with it with people that are doing that. But yeah, I think uh, yeah. at a GP though, yeah. man, whatever, like whatever. I used to yeah. use proxies. I just, I just get killed constantly at GPs anyway. I just get teamed up on it. Doesn't matter if you're proxying or not. Yeah, I, I used to use proxies, and then I just eventually just was like, just kind of stopped because I don't know. Does it really matter if I had that? You know, what was it? I had the, the cat dude that makes one one soldiers because Brimaz. Oh, Brimaz. So at the time, yeah. it was like thirty dollars. Yeah, like, that was no, dumb. I'm not going to do that. But then it's like, yeah, but you know what? I'm just going to put in something else. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Big deal. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah, I'll be fine. I don't need Brimaz. All right. Well, right. let's move on to the next topic, which is the Commander 2016 product. As Andy stated earlier, and I agree with this. Um, I think it was the best one ever. Now that's my opinion. I'd like to hear you guys' opinion on how do you think the Commander 2016 products uh, stood up as far as the Commander product in general and just as a product. Phil, go ahead. It was fantastic. Uh, both standalone. I do I do agree with you. I think it was the best. I've played with all of the 2011s. I don't own them, but I've played with all of them. And these decks fit together a lot better, both individually, and then you can take them out and play them against tune decks, and they still do really well. A lot yeah. better than the 2014 and 2013 ones. From a value perspective, I believe these were one of the best, too. I think all of oh, them yeah. were oh, yeah. originally when they came out, and obviously the prices dropped by the time the, the by now, but I think they were all over $100 as far as like you know what the singles added up to. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how about you, Jimmy? I think they struck a really good balance between reprinting things that need to get reprinted and then just making a very good overall power level. I would say that like the, the decks that had... Animar and Kalia, the original commander decks, had I think more just absurd power level. But at the same time, they weren't you know they didn't have four years to design them as well as they did these. And so I think that they were very balanced. They did really well out of the box. Um, no real stinkers, right? Like even the decks that were the weakest still did well. I think well enough. Um, so I, I thought they did a really good job with it. And I know talking to a couple people that worked on them, partially at Wizards, they think they did a really good job too. So they I did. agree. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's great. I think they did a great job. And the only thing, and I, I mean, you guys have heard him say this. We had a professor on our show recently. Uh, he, he he had a complaint about something. He, Why would he ever complain? He about laments it? the uh, uh, you know uh, specifically designing cards for Commander. He thinks there's a bit of an arms race there, and it becomes, you know, it's um, yeah, they just kind of take over slots in your deck that. Could have been other things that are not designed specifically for Commander. Mm-hmm. He, it's like the homogenizing of the format, right? Like, um, I think, is that a thing that we have on the thing? To it, talk is, about? Yeah. Um, okay. it is. It is, but well, you've well, segued well, into, it, okay. into it very well, so we yeah. can discuss it here. So it's sort of power creep and format homogenization. There's been a lot of rumblings, not just from the professor. We yeah. hear it yeah. uh, from other people. Um, yeah, is this a real concern? Is this something you guys are concerned with? Go ahead, Andy. You've already started. It's easy for me to say no because uh, the people I play with are not just buying the, the 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 precons and just using them and and you know using like so many of the same cards, but I could see that happening. I don't think that's that strange to like. Hey, we're all going to start playing Commander. It's like, oh, I bought this, I bought this, I bought this. We all have the same cards now, and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm plugging in. It's like, oh, I had a 
I don't know, Eternal Witness or whatever what I'm changing it out for, what, the snake guy. Anyways, whatever. Not that that's going right. to happen because no. Eternal Witness is better, but you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean, I was right? like, that's a bad example. Yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> but like that idea of switching out those cards for these more powerful new versions, I don't know. I... It, it's it's weird. I think there's a point there, and I hope that like the people that design the sets will just sort of keep that in mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I love those cards, and I want more of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. Yeah, Phil, how do you feel about uh, these concerns of format homogenization and, and power creep and designing cards specifically for Commander? Yeah, I hear I hear the concerns, and uh, the professor echoed that when he was on uh, our show as well. But <laughs> Oh, and, listen, he echoed I, it on our show he, as well. He's yeah. just echoing yeah. like crazy. Yeah. But in response, Josh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was great, by the way. <laughs> uh, I think... I think there's something to that, and I think that after 55 years, right? Like, I forget, maybe you said that. 75 or, was what I said, whatever. but 55, right. sure. Yeah. After some number of years, it's going to be possible to construct an entire deck that does what it, whatever you want to do um, in any strategy using the cards that only come from the Commander Precons. And I don't think anybody's going to do that. I think you're always going to have yeah. cards pulled in from outside of that, and right now it's not an issue even uh bubbling season right the deep glow skate right that uh that is not an auto include in every blue deck and it's because it only really works with a couple of blue decks or super friends right mm-hmm. and so i think i think it's a concern but it's a little overblown right now i would agree what do you think jimmy huh, i don't know talk to me in five years see where we're at yeah. um i don't know i mean i know originally that mark rosewater had problems with cards like chaos warp because he thought it broke the color pie and i think that was a a early mistake in the design of these sets and the thing is like wizards at at a certain point there's only so much r&d can do and they are potentially starting to spread themselves a little thin with Mm -hmm. the cards that they're making because now we're putting out so many sets i mean last year was one of the busiest years in terms of product releases and that means that there needs to be a product lead on each of those uh things and these people all come from r&d and i feel like the more that we're splitting sort of the effort across the larger divide, the higher chance that you may get something that's a mistake, right? That just in terms, the more stuff you make, the higher chance you're going to to make a mistake. You'll have bandings occasionally and stuff, but I don't know if I've really seen it make a difference in Commander because Commander is still taking from 20 years of cards. I haven't really seen any of the pre-cons do anything that's like, oh my goodness, it's a new format staple. Oh my gosh, the format is all being driven now by these new cards that Wizards is printing. I think they have that in mind. I think they understand that they don't want to ruin the format as because they're all players of it as well. So I think they have probably heard, because I mean, it's echoing around so much at this point from the professor, they've probably heard it echo in, in their heads at <laughs> least yeah. once. It's not just him. Many many <laughs> no, people yeah, have that yeah. worry. I don't know if they get it, the idea from him or not. Um, yeah, I let's think of the cards, well, especially like banlist cards, right? Like Prophet of Crucifix. well, that's not from a Commander no. product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gristlebrand, well, that's not from a Commander product. Uh, Primetime, well, that's not from a Commander product. Like, what's the Commander product? Yeah, Primordial. What's the, like, banner, the poster child Commander product card that was designed for Commander that's proving this point? I, I, I think people might say, like, Derivi? <laughs> but, like... Animar? I mean, yeah. like, it, it, you know what? There is something to be said, though, is that maybe Wizards is making the commanders too powerful. Those are old ones, so well, maybe they've, they've learned. Yeah. Atraxa. Atra- I, mean, I don't think Atraxa is that very powerful. powerful. Yeah. yeah, Brea, I think, is far and away the most yeah. powerful as far as if you're making a competitive deck that wants to. But you already have so many options to just build a broken, you know. Yeah. N- listen, Brea is not more powerful than Narsa and not more powerful than um, Yisong. You I was know, gonna say Mizzix, yeah. Mizzix I think Yisan is 
maybe considered the number one competitive deck out there. Leovold, uh, Narset, those are on that list. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, well, none of those are from the, right? Yisan's not, Leovold's not. Leovold, you could say, was designed for commander. It was actually designed for tiny leaders, they've said, but, um, and Narset was not. Uh, there are some ones on that list, Mizzix, Animar, um, that are very powerful. But as far as I know from the people I've talked to that are very into the competitive EDH scene, uh, they're not necessarily the most powerful. So what it's, is the card? What is the card yeah, that's saying I, like, it, oh man, look at this card, That look at that. If the, we keep yeah. doing this, I think what, it's what's the, that? I think it's the fabric that's created by all of the cards that aren't commanders. Like you look at Mizzix's Mastery, that's a pretty, pretty damn good card. The uh, Confluence. Took it out of my Mizzix deck. You kind of have to, right? Well, no, no. I mean, Mizzix Mastery. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want it to be stuff, yeah. mildly fair, you have to take that out. No, no. I took it out because I didn't think it was good he in the deck. Think it's good really? Enough, yeah. Because I have all X spells. Oh, if you're it all X spells, right. doesn't recast the X spells, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I've never lost a game with my Mizzix deck. Whoa. It's a good deck. I'm just saying. Like, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, like, it's not like I built my deck that's poorly. That's Andy. He said he can kick your butt with his Mizzix deck. I don't. Yeah, no. I won't pull it out against you. I'm not mean. I'll kick your butt in a way that you have fun. That's not going to happen. You see, I'm not backing down. He's very done so, buddy. That's Saturday not gonna, I, guess he's not, I guess he's not going to have fun. You're dead, me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, the power creep is more real than the homogenization. And I think the power creep is only existent for me right now and potentially in commanders. I think it's it seems just like in every theory. Year. It's just ethereal. It's just know. out there. It's I, not actually happening. Brea, Mizzix, and Animar are all three examples of commanders that were released with the commander products that are all proven to still be very powerful in some of the best decks in the format. True, but none of them are more powerful than Yisan, Narset, or Leovold. And so that's okay. They're on the same level as stuff that's already coming out, right? They're not like blowing that stuff away. In fact, I, I think those things are all half step below the other ones. Maybe Mizzix. Mizzix is up there. Mm. But... but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, Animar it's an, is pretty good. It's right talk to there. the competitive people, I'd say so. and I, well, I think Animar is on the tier one deck list. I'm not well, sure. Oh, okay, well we're not. Ta- not sure, but it's you, not. Are top. you talking like dual commander competitive? I'm talking multiplayer competitive. There's is... plenty of people. They've got a tier yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They've got a tier list of the stuff that goes infinite the fastest, the mm-hmm. stuff that's the most broken, yep. and mm-hmm. and if you talk to them, Yusan's like number one. I think Narset's out there. Yeah. Um, those are not cards made for commander. Now, so. So I'm just saying, like, I, I just don't get really what the worry is. I know we point to, like, Command Tower a lot, but to me, Command Tower is an answer to old-school Duel Lands. Like, it actually helps people that don't have mm-hmm. the most yeah, powerful does. cards rather than the other way around. Like, we want more yeah. cards kind of like that mm-hmm. because I don't want people not being able to play Commander the way they want because of really expensive lands. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I never understood that. I mean, I understand the point being made, but, like, I think that it's not... Command Tower is a, is a thing that allows people to play Commander in a better way, so that actually only helps, I think. Yeah. Anyway. You know, I may think that something like Blade of Selves or, you know, occasionally a card like that that shoots up in price might be more of an issue because the card is expensive, and it's hard to get, you know, like they'll put a Soul Ring in every single one of the decks, so that card is never going to be expensive, but... That's the only thing I can really think of that is an issue, but it's not even about the power creep at that point. It's about the mm-hmm. cost of it, which mm-hmm. is always going to be a part of Magic. And it's, you know, as much as people complain about cost, it's part of the driving factor of why Magic is fun, too. Because mm-hmm. obtaining the cards are difficult card to obtain. Yeah. And if all the cards are not worth, you know, if none of the cards are worth a lot, then obtaining them doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. It's great to obtain the masterpiece version of the Sword of Fire right. and Ice or whatever and to trade for this and trade for that and finally <laughs> trade for the thing and get it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I so think, I would hate to take that out of the game too. I think the long-term problem is if you skim the top one percent of each card of each set rather, and just pick the best card from each commander set. Eventually, mm-hmm. you can build a deck that is nothing but 
these really good cards from the sets. But you could do that if you said standard set. Sure, sure you you'd could. You'd have Panharmonicon, Paradox Engine, like, you'd have a broken freaking deck, right? Yeah. Yes, you would. Yeah, so yeah. there's no different than anything else. It's not like Commander's oh. doing it, the Commander product's doing anything. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not saying I agree with it. I think I think that in, like you said, 75 years, when you pick the top one cards, two cards from each set, and put them all together in one deck, yeah, it's going to be pretty OP. I That's think it. we have more to worry <laughs> about when Wizards decides to make two artifact-themed sets in a row, uh -huh. because that is creating a lot of artifact-based strategies to get very powerful, as opposed to five different commander decks that are all over the place. Mm -hmm. It's not enabling one strategy over the other. I think that is more of a concern than the individual commander products. All right, well, let's move on to one more point about the Commander 2016 product, because I think this is interesting, and there's been a lot of debate about it, which is the partner mechanic. So I, I know there's a lot of chatter out there about, a lot of people are lackluster, quite frankly, about partners and the partner command commanders and just that whole mechanic in general. Um, Jimmy, why don't you start? They're great. It opens up a lot of different <laughs> uh, color, obviously, ma yeah. mix and matching. Uh, none of them are severely overpowered, I don't think. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's funny because on one hand, people say they complain about the power creep and the homogenization of the format. Yeah. And then on the other very next <laughs> breath, they say, well, and the partner commanders are so underpowered, they're very lackluster. Yeah. I don't think they're underpowered. I just I just love the, you know, we've talked about this, having a guaranteed turn three, turn four, or turn two, turn three, whatever. It's like, it's awesome. It makes your game more consistent in a way that doesn't break it. So I'm all about partner commanders. I hope they release more in the future. I really, really, really want them to always release at least a couple with the commander products. That would be great. I mean, it's the only way to keep it going and to like really, you know, it's a whole ton of design space that you have now with, with partner. How are people complaining that they're not powerful enough? You get to have two of them. Yeah. Right, and you get to combine them any way you want to make four or three color decks or two color decks. Like I, that, I, that I just do not understand. It's such a great mechanic. It's so fun. The fact that they're like not super powerful is what makes them so fun. Yeah, like you can you can take like I just uh, I just did a um, uh, a Kaidel deck right, mm -hmm. and like Kaidel mm -hmm. arguably the most powerful one, right? Not arguably. Right. Well, yeah. there you go. Miles it is the master, most powerful. I guess. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. At any rate, right? Like this is the most powerful one. Um, that's a, just a brand new civic commander that just has a neat ability. Guess what? You also get to toss Thrasios in there as, as a, like just as like a joke. Yeah. You get this other card that's always with it. Oh, sweet! I also get this other card always. Yeah. Um. So you don't even have to use them. Like I, I got most stoked about them to just use them as regular commanders. I wasn't mm -hmm. even. Well, I was, but like I wasn't <laughs> so just stoked about having two of them. I was looking at uh uh, uh the 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 um Shadiki Ikra Shadiki and was just like I'm gonna make. Uh, a Golgari butts deck, like yeah. just using Ikrishidiki. That's it. Like I, I love it so much. I love it. There's something like I don't know. I don't know the math. Sean tried to do the math and messed it up, but it's like 115. Uh, just two, yeah. There's a lot. There's like over possible two hundred and something combinations of. Them. I think it was 115. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I, yeah, I mean, that's where you mess up. I, but no, I, trust I me, wrong, you're but probably more it. right. But at any rate, that's a lot of combinations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, I'll go since I've been going last yeah. every time. So I'll go yeah, not last, last this time. Uh, I love the partner commanders. In fact, I think the problem is the community, they're hard to evaluate mm -hmm. um, because we've never had anything quite like it. And I think the community hasn't caught up to actually how powerful they are. I think they're all more powerful than they look because I think having a ninth card in your hand yeah. is very, very strong. And if you just had something that allowed you to have an extra card in your hand at the beginning of every game and you knew what that mm -hmm. card was and you could choose from one of these 12 cards. Mm-hmm. That card's insanely powerful. Mm -hmm. 
that's every game it's an advantage it's a card i have that that my opponents do not have it guarantees a two drop or a three drop i can fill a spot on my curve that i know my deck is weak i can you know sure each one each ability is a little bit weaker but at the same time because i get two things and i i know which what they are i think that I, I really think the community just hasn't caught up to how powerful that is. Every time I played a commander deck, I felt like that free card that I got was just like, holy crap. Uh, yeah, I, I just have a three drop. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. I just guaranteed have a three drop. If I don't play a mana rock or whatever, then I can always play that. Like, it's it's so strong. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I like the partner mechanic. I think people are only looking at them uh, when they say they're underpowered. They're not. It's they're looking at just the mana cost for that one commander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay. So the mana cost they're a little bit overcosted for what they do. They're a little bit underabilityed for you know what they mm-hmm. cost. But man, you put them together and you get the extra at least an extra color if you're doing it that way. And that opens up access to all of these different cards that. The main commander, because there's usually, I find, a main commander and then a supporting commander, right? totally. It opens up another color or two colors, and it's just fantastic. It really amplifies that prime commander. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sean, my co-host, is doing this uh, wicked uh, series on, um, we we both write for MTG Canada. Um, And he's doing a wicked series. all of Canada has a website for magic? Yeah. No, it's just called MTG Canada. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's our, our sponsor's like content website. Gotcha. MTGCanada.com. Um, he's doing a thing where he builds half of a deck with one of the partners so that you can take any of his two articles, oh, boy. take the cards, and, oh, and he's not funny. doubling up on any of the... I saw this wow. on Twitter. Yeah. So you can just smash them together and make a deck. That's pretty, hilarious. But it's pretty, pretty That's fun. pretty awesome. It's pretty good. We didn't mention earlier, Andy, you actually are writing articles now, right, for EDH Rec. That's right. I'm writing yeah. for EDH Rec. Yeah, yeah. I got a series called the... Uh, and Well, this it's pretty funny because it's based around an episode we did of Commander's Brew, but I'm doing a series called the uh, MTG... Um, or not MTG. Uh, EDH... Uh, deck or uh, bench warmers. Oh, nice! Couldn't have stumbled through that worse. Uh, yeah, EDH bench warmers. So it's are just... you the bench warmer because you stumbled through it? Yes, exactly. I totally <laughs> am. So I got to represent my people there. <laughs> it's just like so. The, the, where it came from very quickly is that uh, I built a um, uh, Carador deck, Carador in quotes, but it was actually um, uh, Teneb, the Harvester, and it's all the cards that. Just don't make a Carador deck. Oh, nice! Like all right. the ones yeah. that get caught. It's tier at the end, two, yeah. right? It's all. It's a tier two Carador yeah, yeah. deck with a tier two Carador as a commander. So it's that kind of thing. Huh. That's funny. So, uh, it's kind of we haven't mentioned it on the show before, but EDH Rec has started doing articles. So yeah. if you're familiar with the website, which we talk about a lot, um, there's an articles tab now, and Commander in the podcast uh, is is there. Uh, yeah. on that feed and Nate Burgess Nate who's mm-hmm. one of the co-hosts of Commander and writes articles for EDH Rec Andy writes articles for EDH Rec um, Jason Alt Jason Alt our, our buddy yeah. 70, uh, the, the originator 75%, of the 75% yeah. uh, philosophy and a he's funny sort guy. of the editor of of the article mm-hmm. series obviously Donald Miner a friend of the show uh, created EDH Rec so Man, EDH Rec, we're growing. It's, Another yeah. sign that Commander's just on the rise. Yeah, yeah. totally. EDH is. Rec is awesome. Yeah. We, we've been using it as a resource, and I know you guys have too, since you know 2014, since we mm-hmm. first discovered mm-hmm. this thing. And it's just blossomed and, and ballooned in terms of what it provides the community. And yeah, I need to plug uh, Nate's articles. He's looking at the partners, and he's doing an article on the partner commanders and describing how he, co- he how he goes about deck construction using the partners by doing cross-indexing searches and all sorts of wonderful things using EDH rec. Well, it's kind of the opposite of what Sean's doing. That's weird. Hmm. Cool. Fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one last note on partner commanders. Um, a lot of us 
build a five color deck just to have five colors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So having a, access to a four color deck while having these guaranteed two drop, three drops, it, it's just an it's it is very powerful. Are you looking mm -hmm. forward to partners with three colors? Oh boy. <laughs> if they do it, I, if they do it, yeah. Listen we'll see. Yeah, to, yeah. to talk about what Jimmy said earlier, uh, I have hope that they'll continue the partner thing. But if we look at history, they don't tend to revisit mm. the commander mechanics very yeah. often. So um, don't get your hopes up. Is all I'm saying. I, I, I want yeah. it. Yeah. But totally. I, and yeah. it won't be yeah. in 2017 yeah. because they have a two-year lag. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's, speaking let's, of not getting your hopes up. Yeah. Let's move on to um, a little bit of Segway a womp womp <laughs> from this year was conspiracy two. We were so excited about it. We loved Conspiracy so much. I know you guys really did too. Mm -hmm. um, what happened, guys? What happened? I don't know. Phil, do you want to take this one? We had uh, an hour and 15 minutes to play it. Yeah. Right? Kaladesh came out and Kaladesh made a big splash. Um, Leovold immediately gained a reputation for being one of the most broken and abusive cards. It shuts down an entire table if you let it get out of control, and it's hard not to let it get out of control. So from that perspective it really didn't leave a good mark on commander it kind of left us with a bad taste expropriate accepted right that's a good card. great card Pretty really sweet that card's insane they did a lot of things right <laughs> they did a lot of things right with this set and it's true i think it was just that we didn't get to have it right. around like stores mm -hmm. weren't running the drafts I'm very sad about it. Right. Yeah. I'm very well, sad. I don't even really remember stores running Conspiracy One drafts either, honestly. I, I think the big issue, like Phil said, is just there's too many product releases too close to each other. So there was no time to let anything marinate. And for us, Conspiracy evolved into just three pack Conspiracy and then could join it with some other packs and then do something even crazier. Make it a chaos. That's you know, just like go nuts with it. And we didn't get to get to that maturation point for the set ever. And it may be like years down the road when we're like, we should play Conspiracy 2. We just didn't play that much of it. We played Conspiracy 2, right? We did. You in were in Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a blast. I thought the yeah. set was great, and I really enjoyed playing it. I just wish we had more time to enjoy it. Yeah. See, uh, I remember thinking it's a good draft set, but I haven't actually even played it yet. Oh, you never played it since <laughs> No, time? I haven't played Conspiracy 2 <laughs> well, I got plenty. We can do. We can rectify that at some point. Yeah, um, let's... yeah I only played it at PAX a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. I was in Europe when it came out, traveling, mm -hmm. uh, flew into Seattle from Iceland, and that very first night we drafted uh, Conspiracy 2, the first time I drafted one other time there, and then Jimmy was on stage telling me what the new Kaladesh cards were going to be, and I was like, sweet, Kaladesh, and somebody's like, you want to draft Conspiracy? I was like, no, man, I want to draft vehicles. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's just hard to sort of, when the next thing is out there and it's shining really bright, it's hard to like be excited about the thing that's already yeah. there, and it... I think that just put, put sort of a dimmer on it almost. And it's unfortunate because, man, there was no bigger fan of Conspiracy than me. Yeah. yeah. And Conspiracy too. like, I'm really sad. And I, my real big worry is that the sales, and I think we know this, yeah. are going to reflect it. And we just won't see another Conspiracy because they may just look at it in the book and be like, well, nobody yeah. bought that one. Well, I mean, you kind of thought that for Conspiracy 1, though, too, No, because right? we knew. Mark Rosario had even come out and said that it had done very well. Oh, we and it did. Sold oh, yeah, well. that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, I, you, we sound like we're down on it, but we're more down on the fact that we didn't get to play more of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was super because fun. It, really did, it, it did draft fun. well. I actually yeah. managed to do, I think, t definitely two, maybe even three drafts of it, but I thought it drafted better than the first one. Oh yeah, I agree. I, I mean, hmm. they obviously learned a lot. Uh, yeah. We were talking to Gavin about they, they, you know, took a lot of feedback from players and stuff. And the obviously, monarch mechanic alone was like yeah. brilliant. Yeah. They and made voting better. I wish they, yeah. I, like, I just want more monarch cards because I think monarch could be great in commander. Oh, but there just needs to be thing. enough cards for it to be a thing, right? Right yeah. now, there's only ten command or monarch cards, and it's just hard for it to have a real presence in the format. Yeah. So, 
And it's cool. They had a, had a great story behind it, the Homer Chase storyline. Yeah. It, they had a lot of great things going for it. It was just obviously brought back and hamstringed a bit by uh, hamstrung. I don't it, know. Is it, is it, is it too weird to, to like uh, want a conspiracy slash commander like overlap set thing, something? You know what I mean? Like, I nothing's maybe, too weird, Andy. You know what I mean? That's they could release weird, something right? called like a commander cube, you know, or like commander a commander C. battle box, you know, I'm sure. Commander. Conspiracy. It sounds like a weird lizard. Yeah, yeah, it I'm does. On the title. I'm I love it, it though. It's just a it wizard like theme set. Secretive lizard. Wizards and lizards. <laughs> Listeners. Wizards and lizards. Listeners, that sounds like DD. Yeah. Please send us pictures of the conspiramanders, please. Yeah, please do. <laughs> just like a little cartoon lizard. 9 mm, 11 was an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shut up, conspiramander. <laughs> so let's move on to the next topic. What we've got written down here is a little bit more about our personal experience this year, but it's more about how we've leveled up maybe in our EDH game. So it's how mm-hmm. has your game changed or advanced in the past year? Any level up moments? Any differences from how you play the format now than maybe how you played it a year ago? You know, how has your game evolved in the last year? I'll start. Go for it. I played a couple more combo decks this year than I ever had. Mm -hmm. So I got to experience a little bit outside my wheelhouse. I made a point of trying to play as many different kinds of decks as possible. I still haven't played an Infect deck. Don't. Don't play Infect. I can't wait. Nope. Don't play Infect. It's not that bad. So yeah, I I think I got better as a player. And in some regards... I got a little more degenerate too. So, <laughs> you want to have a fun commander game? Get four four people and have them bring out all their most aggressive decks. It's oh, so, so everyone just fun. runs at each yeah, other. It's, yeah, it's a kinda, lot of fun. It's kind of what game nights is actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any level up moments or any specific things in your game that you can point to and say like I, I improved in this area this year, Jimmy? I think I improved a lot playing sealed and doing limited stuff because again I find the opportunities to do that most often when I'm traveling. I go do an F and M pre releases are great chances to make sure that you play. So I think in that regard I'm better at understanding what could possibly be coming at me because you're forced to learn the set and be like I need to play around X. So I've gotten mm-hmm. better at that aspect. I think. Andy, how about you? How's your game evolved this year? Um. I don't know if my actual game, like, I don't know if I've had any level up moments from the past year. Uh, I certainly did have a pretty big moment where I pulled the biggest double cross I've ever done uh, in my magic career and, like, just made sure I won because of it, though, right? Like, well, you better was, win because you're going to pay for it for like a while. After I was that. holding a grudge. It's against Sean, too. It's oh, so funny. It was yeah. a grudge. Oh, you were getting repayment. Oh, I was, oh, I was repaying nice. uh, Sean from like honestly maybe half a year before that. Wow. But I managed to pull off this great move where anyways, I told him I wouldn't attack him and then I killed Brea, his commander, and everything. Um, but like it, it, it taught me that like, oh, I don't think I can ever do that again. Like, <laughs> That's right. Uh, your guys' uh, right. uh, um, uh, Machiavelli episode was mm-hmm. like, uh, I was listening to it and I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I can't do that stuff ever again? Okay, yeah, great. So like that in combination with your guys' episode was very was very good for me to be like, okay, I, I got to be on the lookout for this now because people right. know I'll double cross somebody, which I won't. I'm good. Don't worry. I just need to get it out of my system. He's, he's playing Machiavellian politics right now. Right now. Yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I'll yeah. never message. double cross you. But I, Out to his play group. I also did research recently have a thing i'm really glad phil you brought up the uh, staple binder system and yeah. i haven't said this on our show yet either but uh i re i'm i'm starting to phase it out yeah mm. i'm starting to phase it out it's i got a little like i just went ham with it you know what i mean i just got a little too crazy and i just had like too many cards and i'm just like wait a second so so i went back and i'm like okay you know what i'm just gonna bite the bullet and like you know, we got a podcast. We're we're getting some, you know, we're getting some extra money from Patreon and stuff to help out with the show. And like that means I have extra money that I'm not spending on mics and that kind of thing, right? Right. So I can put it a little bit towards magic. So I 
have more cards now, so like I don't need to do this as much. So I've managed to like just eliminate, turn, just dial it down, or eliminate it's it. Gone totally, except oh, wow. for lands. What? I haven't managed okay. to do it with lands right. yet because it's just harder. You've eliminated it. Yeah, you yeah. know, you uh, double crossed it. It's <laughs> yeah, gone. He did. He betrayed it. You know, Vinny Vincent in our play group has yeah. sort of a take on the binder system that's interesting. I don't know. Have we talked about it on the show? Yeah, I've mentioned that he has all of the cards in like a hard shell, and so he'll he have has the them card off to the side. proxied. Oh. But yeah, what he has good. in his deck is a checklist card. And he just wrote uh, on the checklist card. So when he draws it and plays it, he just grabs it. And so now he's yeah. not having to switch out his deck all the time in between oh, games. That's smart. It's just and sitting so, in a hard shell in his case. It's like, all right, play my checklist card. It is actually Sylvan Library. Yeah, and he just shows it that, grabs it, puts it on the play, and then he plays with it from there. But the, And he's got all his cards in the same sleeves and whatever, mm-hmm. but then he's not like constantly yeah. switching out in, in and out of yeah. games. And he doesn't do it for a lot of cards. He maybe well, has three and, or four per deck. And this is the thing. Like, I, I think I do still think the stable binder system is amazing and very good. And I think people who... Uh, We've like, had so many compliments feel like about they it. They want to use it. Yeah. Like, yeah. use it. If, please do use it. It's great. Um, it's just that I, I just was like, oh, I think I can. I think I don't need to do this for a, a bit right now. Yeah. And so um, that's an know. interesting I mean, level up. It's a level up out of a level up. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah. It's weird. Phil, I mean, how if, about you? If you're not living the podcast life, then <laughs> yeah. stick with the same life. hot podcast. Yeah, life. exactly. Yeah. Right? yeah, you gave a totally like. <laughs> yeah, you, I know, you right? totally like gave a misconstrued view of what the podcasting thing is. By <laughs> yeah, the way, I know, right? Extra yeah. money, guys. We got extra about? money. I'm so far around, in the hole, it's right? ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Don't quit your day job. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, Phil, how about you? How has your game evolved this Sorry, year? Sorry, I'm still reeling. Um, <laughs> so. I embrace combos too, which is kind of weird. I haven't actually played any, but in order to play Brea in my league, I've had to look up Brea combos. And Mm -hmm. we restricted the league to we can only draft from cards that are um, printed after the first Commander release. So 20 June 17th or whatever that was, 2011. And... uh, there are not a lot of really cool Brea combo cards, but fortunately, there's Ashnod's Altars. Yeah, I was going to say, and that Kaladesh, one got printed. And Ether yeah. Revolt, just Do those go count? Are you town. counting those? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Eternal, Eternal Masters counts, right? Uh, Eternal Masters. And Eternal Masters, that's what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. all the dual decks yeah. and nice. all of the special oh, okay. sets like that. Well, yeah, so that's fine. Yeah. It, it does open it wide, but there's no Krark Clan Ironworks. Guy. Right. I can't say that fast at all. We can't <laughs> say it at all. No. Yeah, um, I get it wrong every time. Yeah. So, so I've had to kind of look at that and level it up. And at the same time, um, I've had to figure out how to kind of mitigate on the fly when I'm playing against somebody brand new. I And I've, I've played with brand new people before, and that was always with pre-cons. But now we're starting to mix pre-cons with more tune decks. Mm-hmm. And I can't just kind of, you know, go off and mimeoplasm them to death and... Does your, do. does your league not have the uh, infinite loop rules? The league does not have the infinite loop rules. Right. Well, they're building out the pre-con, so I can see why the power level is already a little lower. Yeah, and and by restricting the card set to 2011 and up, it eliminates the entire mm-hmm. Mirrodin block, for example. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. Um, I've seen mana. Mine is, and this is probably going to be an, an, an entire episode at some point, so I won't get too spoilerific <laughs> but, uh, that I've been working on, but um, it's Curve. I've really... Oh, yeah. I've really... I, started to lower the curve in my deck and really care about the curve and mm-hmm. really my decks very often play one drops two drops three drops now because um, we, we have access to some of the greatest one drops of all time uh, yeah. so a lot more death right shamans mm-hmm. um, and things like that and i'm always looking for like what's the one drop that i can play in this deck that'll be impactful what are the two drops that i can play how can i make sure that i have plays the first four turns of the game um, and i think when you watch game nights 
our, our play group is very fast because of Craig and Infect, and, and that's one of the reasons I started to go in that direction. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I really like partner commanders because they fill that in. But it's just, I think the partner commanders maybe are what caused me to start to realize that how good it felt to hit, to play a card every turn of the game or, or three out of the first four turns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think it's really made my decks just a lot better. In, in, not sort of stronger as far as like comboing off or anything, but more consistent and able to survive the early game and not get into a position where I'm just digging out of a hole I can't get out of because right. they're there and present early. Do you build your decks electronically? I do um, on tapped out or yeah. something like that. Um, and, I, and I'll look at the curve, but I've just yeah. noticed like, if you look at my older decks, the four, five, six drop slots are very yeah. full. And if you look at my newer decks, the one, two, and three drop slots. In fact, the two drop is usually just like massively bigger than the other ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting because that's sort of more towards a more traditional constructed format style. Yeah. And yet at the same time, I still am building towards the normal big stuff we do in Commander. But I just find it more fun, for one, and powerful to do stuff early in the game. Yeah, it's like I was saying, get those, like, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean you're playing aggro or anything, but, like, get those aggressive decks where they're playing one, two, three drops. Like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. a very fun commander game. And it's funny you mentioned one drops. That's my series on MTG Canada that I've been doing is, uh, is all one drops for commander. It's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. When do you have the time? Yeah. 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 All right, let's um, move on to a question that we sort of had last time. Oh, sorry, Jimmy, did you have something? Oh, no, no, I was, gonna, I was gonna move on. Oh, okay. Um, well, we added one, so we'll do this one first. We didn't ask this last time, but we probably should have, which is, who's your favorite commander right now? Mm, that's a tough Phil. question. Yeah. Uh, You're up. Right now, my favorite commander is still the Mimeoplasm. That's been your favorite commander for as long that's as I've known time. Wow. And I don't play it very often like because high school it's, it's so tuned, yeah. but yeah. recently I've been going through again and looking especially at all the Kaladesh cards and looking at ways I can brew a Sultai Mimeoplasm using brand new cards. Like, cool. Kaladesh was really You love inspiring. Mimeo so much, you're just like a whole nother deck. Yep. He has like Let's five Let's just Mimeo renew decks. our vows, <laughs> baby. Yep. 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 <laughs> and Marath is uh, my second, and it's a really close second because that's that's just like watching a you know, circus juggler at work. Marath does so all sorts of crazy stuff, and I manage not to go infinite with it most of the time. <laughs> nice. Um, I'll do mine next because it's very boring. I've said it many times on the show. Vile Smasher. Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, Which, cool. who That's knew? Nate's favorite. Who knew? But uh, that deck is very fun. Go ahead, Amy. I think mine is Omnath Locus of Rage. Mm. And it's been ah, for nice. the last year or so. I just think it's, I just have so much fun playing it. You are a red green player. I think, I, I guess I am. Y- yeah. I mean, yeah. I must be. He's a Simic guy. Yeah. But, I mean, no, but like, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I actually do. Of his have... clothing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was just a fan of the Seahawks. Oh, that would be black no. and green. Well, the blue and green on your shirt. Blue and green, yeah. Black. Wait, what do you mean well, black? That's I a got purple. purple. Shirt. I'm wearing a purple I thought you were shirt. doing the like dress thing, but and we're going to go into that whole argument. Is I was like, more like Andy, representative. Andy, that's black. Yeah. Right there. yeah. Pur- purple is representative of black in magic, right, right. obviously. It's oh, the okay. sixth color, actually. It is, yeah. It's true. Yeah, yeah. You're wearing um, a Sultai shirt. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, Simic is my favorite color combo, but I do play a lot of green red. I'm just green. Give me green mm-hmm. anytime, mm-hmm. any day. But I love uh, Omnath. It's just a. It's it's a great example of a card that wasn't designed for Commander that right. is such a great Commander and and just does everything it, 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 in theme with the set I, it's I hate in to tell everything. You. I hate to tell you it was designed for Commander. Well, obviously they like want they're like oh let's make this and make it for Commander. It costs like seven mana or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. like it, it uh, what I mean is that like <laughs> they, they didn't put it in a Commander set. They you know? definitely right, did right. not think it was getting played in Standard or oh, Modern. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no way. <laughs> uh, how about you, Jimmy? Um, I would it's it's a toss up and it's thanks to Game Nights. Uh, it's either going to be Brea or Salas Wren. 
um, Silas Ren notably has the exact same colors as Marchesa, my original favorite, and mm. Brea has all of Marchesa's colors plus one. Uh, so, you know, I think both those cards have have caught my attention. And Silas Ren, I just had such a great game with Expedition Map that one time. So that really stuck out to me as like, I get it. It's so good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've never played Expedition Map in That's any beautiful. of my decks except for that one. And it's, yeah. So Silas Ren, I think, is, is a lot of fun for me too. Um, okay. Well, let's move on to this is a repeat from Commander Summit number one. Mm-hmm. So let's see if we remember who we said last time. I think so. This is who is the I most powerful. <laughs> who is the most powerful commander right now? Most powerful. So most competitive, number one, top tier, strongest possible deck if fully tuned who do you think it is um i think last year jimmy and i both said narset i said no no you we said narset i said said right right and uh, phil said karlov this guy said karlov remember that yeah Uh, yeah we do do you stand by that do you really think that that you know like still at the time it was really abusive i because it could act so fast it was a short uh a low mana cost card Hmm. you can get it out right away and control the board I mean, so it's not, you're not you're not wrong. So who that. do you think? So we're now. a year later. Leopold yeah. has come out. All of the four color commanders have come out. There's there's been some some shakeups. Who do you think is the most powerful I commander? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, obviously, there's like people who play competitive who have, are very no, but that you've seen. You know, you can't you can't just make up a world where you've never been. So it's okay. Just you know. I mean, is music still at the top? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. You guys go first. I, let me think about it for a second. <laughs> I mean, I still think it's Narset. Yeah. I've never seen anything yeah. that's as powerful as a fully tuned Narset deck, and I've seen a few of those, and yeah. every time those are just like brutal. Not that I've never won against one, but you just yeah. have to be playing so tight, and you kind of got to get a little bit lucky, and that you got to get the rest of the table to yeah. agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that, um, I, I still think Narset, but Leovold. I was gonna say Leovold is the only is. one that where I go like, oh, no matter what anyone does, they can't. Like once he does his thing, once it's Leovold over. Once Leovold gets online, but the problem is, I think yeah. once the, now that the word about Leovold is out, yeah. it's easier to stop than Narset. Narset is like, I'm gonna use a sports analogy, but Narset's like the team with a really good running game, and they can basically tell you, we're gonna run it, yeah. student body right, try to stop us, and Narset can still do it even though you know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Leovold, if everybody knows, just kill Leovold the first two times it comes out. Yeah, it's yeah. Like hexproof, man. Hexproof. Yeah, incredibly powerful. Yeah. What do you? How about you, Phil? Karlov still? No, it's Leovold. <laughs> Leovold is uh, incredibly easy to abuse. You just tutor for the other combo piece because he's one of them, right? Yeah. Uh, and then put him out. And the reason I really dislike him, it's not just the raw power level. It's because of what he does to a table. It's really disruptive. It's not a good play experience for anybody at the table except for the Leovold player or the Dredge player. I mean, the Narset deck just takes infinite turns. That's not really a good... No, that's not good either. Yeah. <laughs> um, a... I find the two extra mana, though, especially in Leovold because he can accelerate, mm-hmm. right? The two extra mana on Narset makes her less of a threat. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think I would... Sorry, three. I would maybe say Leovold because of the effect is more than one person getting three people to discard their hands or whatever, but Narset is just absurd still. Um, Hexproof makes a big difference here. You can just spot removal a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, there may be a case for Idris eventually because being able to grant spells cascade is very powerful. And it does that, have to do combat damage once, which it is does way have to harder. Do, it yeah. does. I mean, it's true. Um, I mean, even Narsa just has to swing. Yeah. 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 I mean, but like there are ways, I think, to make a fully tuned Idris deck that can always. Definitely Storm Idris. Go, storm Idris yeah. or just go infinite yeah. on turn three because of some cascade 
just I've combo. Seen some crazy, you just turns yeah. uh, out of uh, Sean's you just deck, which is like, you know, he's got good stuff in there. It's yeah. not a budget deck, but like he's got good stuff in there. But like not, it's not like fully so tuned. tuned. Is it Storm? No, hmm. no, no. Yeah. It's just, the Storm it, you just there's a lot of other crazy. Cascade things in there. Yeah, so maybe so without full crazy. potential to be. Uh, tuned up, Idris might be one of the more powerful commanders out there. But I, my vote is probably still between Mizzix or Narset, um, and probably Narset just again because of the hexproof. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a there's a there's an upper echelon, but n- n- none of us mentioned Yisan or Karloff. Well, we don't have a Yisan. <laughs> yeah, we or don't. Karloff. We don't have a Yisan in our playgroup. But I've seen Yisan decks um, being played at like GPs. I looked over the shoulder of two, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, the thing about Yisan is it's guaranteed combo by I think turn four. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like if you build it just according to EDHREC or whatever the competitive yeah. thing is. Like there's a, there's a list, right, of what you get at first. You get this, you get, yeah. this you get yeah, this, yeah. and once once it started, you know, unless you you can't even really counter it because it's not that like yeah. not with normal counter spell. Like it's hard to yeah. stop. It's not impossible. And then the problem is once you stop it, it's just going to happen again. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's just very hard to stop yeah. it for any kind of long term. Um, but again, we don't have one in our play group, and I think most of the competitive EDH players will still put Narset in tier one, so it's at least competitive. I think Yisan is generally considered the, the number one powerful. He, I'm not sure on that though. He's banned yeah. in duel, is he not? I'm not he's sure. Not, oh no, they're, they're, they were thinking he's on like their watch list yeah. or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, um, the watch list. The watch list. Ooh, it's time, guys. <laughs> We've been looking back. Now it's time to look ahead. Look ahead, to the ahead, future. Ahead, ahead. So there's a there's a a thing that Sheldon has said. He's mm-hmm. spoken about the rules committee. Um, now it didn't happen this year. Some people thought it might. It could happen next year. Mm-hmm. Definitely, Sheldon has said this is something that the rules committee sort of wants to happen. It's their desire. And what it is is to sort of create a rule that essentially bans off color fetch lands. So the idea oh. is that you couldn't have a fetch land in your deck that said swamp if you don't have black in your deck. Now there's Problems with just saying, like, if you don't have black, you can't have the word swamp in any of your cards because then you can't have things that have swamp walk or you can't have things that destroy all swamps or every time a swamp gets tapped. Like, there's so many cards in Magic that don't aren't fetch lands. And so they're trying to come up with an elegant way to word the rule. But the Rules Mm -hmm. Committee, or at least Sheldon has come out and said the Rules Committee, has a desire at some point to figure out a way to sort of get rid of off-color fetch lands um, if they can come up with a, uh, an elegant wording of that rule. So I thought it'd be interesting to discuss. In the future, is this a change that you would like to see happen? Phil, go ahead. No. No, I, I don't think that off-color fetches are so abusive that they need to be banned. Yeah. In fact, it just no. makes the game easier for Better. people that have right. the have lands and that have lands that they may create more lands that say Swamp Mountain in the future. And if you want to make the game more accessible, then make the fetch lands that are already a little more expensive work for more decks. I, I've never seen someone fetch for something off-color where I was like, whoa, it's over. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. those <laughs> lands that have the land types in them are just color fixing. Right. How dare you play magic? Yeah, if it feels like, oh, you, you can know? always get a guy's cradle with this, then, but that's not the case. No, it, it, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think they know this. I think that's why this hasn't happened. I heard, I remember listening to whatever thing it was where he said he wanted to do that, but like I don't think they know it. I just think they literally can't figure out how to word that rule. Oh, I just please don't, please if you're listening to this, just don't do it. There's no reason to do it. Having consistent mana is something we all want 
in this game. That's what every everyone wants to play, yeah. especially in this social version of it where it's ca- you know casual players like this. We'd like to be able to play yeah, the problems, our lands and make it work. I find it really what, what really telling that Andy's the budget guy at the table, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and the fact that you're on that side of it. Because I would think, I mean, there's... Maybe it's yeah. Um, you'd think that like expensive cards. Oh, I, I don't have any of those. Yeah. So like, uh, I well, yes, get rid of them. All the good players. Yeah. No, man. No, I like them. I like them a lot. <laughs> yeah. We have slow fetches and yeah, have lands. We have we. Us you budget still players have fix... our versions of yeah. it. I yeah. love fixing like that. It's great. He called them the Havlands. I am so happy. Oh, I always have been. I've been <laughs> a big uh, fan of yeah, Havlands all, all time, dude. Yeah, uh, you're a good friend. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it's necessary. I hope they never do this. To your point earlier, Jimmy. The more rules we have that are not the rules of the normal yeah, magic, right. the worse we're off we are. Mm-hmm. I just think we should, whenever possible, not do that. Now, sometimes maybe we need to because we have a command zone and such. Yeah. But I really would want to stray away from having rules that are vastly different because it's just counterintuitive and right. it's yeah. just going to cause people to be confused and have a misunderstanding about the format, which is not great. Yeah. Think yeah. about it this way. If your deck has, let's say your deck has three colors and green is one of them, and it's like your deck will be playing some forests. It's going to want to have green on turn two. What's more abusive? Someone playing Hermit Druid on turn two or making sure they just have green <laughs> mana on turn two? Yeah. Like yeah. One of these things lets you play the game. The other one is like an actively like, uh-oh, something's about bad about to happen. Like yeah. Just because someone played a forest on their second turn or fetched for a green source does not mean everyone should be going like, Oh no! It's like that's the what way, the deck yeah. needs to do. When you Hermit cast a spell, <laughs> you don't oh, know gosh. when Hermit Druid comes out. Like kill that person or kill that card. Right. Yeah. And usually killing the card is not good enough. Exile that card. Uh, Hermit Druid. Um, <laughs> speaking of Hermit Druid, this segues well into our next topic, which is the ban list. Mm. So nothing got banned this year. Last year, Prophet of Crucifix got banned. Mm-hmm. The question I have for you all is: Is there anything that needs to be banned, or what's on your sort of watch list, mm-hmm. as some of us like to call it? Uh, Phil, you have a segment on your show dedicated to this very topic each and every uh, episode. Oh wow! So I'll let you kick it off. That's right. Uh, yeah, almost every episode we have we highlight a card that warps the meta in some way, so that it, when a person plays this card, and Prophet of Kruvix is a great example of this. The game becomes about controlling the prophet, copying the prophet, uh, or removing it if you can't I do either of prophet. those two. Yeah. You need the prophet, yeah. and and hallowed be her name, by the way. We do miss her. But she yeah. needed to go. Um, I'm not getting into it again. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, this, this year there there's a card. It's the Paradox Engine. Paradox Engine facilitates so much abuse so rapidly. You're already on it because it's only been out for uh, I don't already know, two on weeks. it. Yep, I'm calling it. <laughs> We've seen. So the you effects. actually you don't think just watch this. You think banned. Oh, it, I think I think it will become as pervasive as Prophet of Crufix was. The fact that it's a mythic, notwithstanding. Well, I don't think Mythic matters to right. our format or not. It's Sean and I got into this one on our show because uh, I just built a deck with it. Um, now, my argument for not banning it yet, at any, anyways, and, and I and mind you, I haven't really seen it in a crazy tune deck, and I haven't like read you know all the things it can do. I know what it does, obviously. But my thing is, it's not going. I don't think it'll warp the game uh, the same way uh, Carly Prophet Crufix and Grizzlebrand and all those things did, because mm-hmm. not everything is going uh, to um, want to untap. Yeah, like like obviously we've got mana rocks and we've got creatures. For instance, Mizix doesn't want that card. He doesn't care about that card at all, right? And and yeah, if I if I I'm not going to try and steal your Paradox Engine if it just gives my creatures pseudo vigilance. Like mm-hmm. that's. It'll give me a little extra mana with my mana rocks, and then what are you doing with it? Okay, this is this is where I'm going a little bit of uh, um, uncharted territory. But like, 
It gives you an um, infinite mana, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of pretty times, easily, yeah. right? There's a lot of different ways to make it give of course. you a lot of mana. Yeah. So, but so are a lot of two card combos. A lot of combos do that, and I know that Paradox Engine makes that combo smaller, makes it a two card. But like, is that it's so bad? I, like, mm-hmm. I kind of don't think it is. Like, it's up there. Of course, it's a very powerful card, but I don't know if it's ban worthy. Well, I think yet. you're gonna see it in almost every deck. I, I don't think so. I'm interested to see it play out. Yeah. It needs to have a lot of time to play out before I would even think about banning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it do a lot of work, but it's a five-mana play. The only main issue that I can think about it right now is the fact that every deck can play it. Because for the Prophet of yep. Krufix, it was like, hey, sure. if you have the Prophet of Krufix colors, you have to play that card. That was kind of, I think, one of the arguments against or for banning it. Yeah. But Paradox Engine, uh, every deck can play it, but like you're saying... Not every deck wants to necessarily play it. However, it, it really does depend because, like, by the time you play a five man spell and if you're going infinite, like, so does Kiki Jiki with another five man. You know, exactly. So, like, right. yeah. so I need to figure out whether or not Paradox Engine is so abusive that it warps the game around it in the same way that a card like Prophet of Crucifix or Primetime does. Yeah. Right? Primetime warps the hmm. game because it grabs any two lands out of your deck or that it gets <laughs> Well, then it does nuts. it again. It does it again. It is again and again and again. Paradox Engine, you may play it and win the game, but there are a lot of five mana cards you can play and win the game. So we'll see. That's what I think, too. And I and like I have a Doretti deck that's pretty good. I've been happy with how much it wins and everything, and it's got a ton of mana rocks in it. But I'm not just. I, but I don't think I put that card in there. Yeah, it's good. Maybe maybe it finds a way in there. But like, it's not game. It's not going to break yeah. that deck wide open, and I'm going to win just for playing it. Like, Paradox Engine says build around me. Prophet of Krufik just says put me in the deck. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And well, like, I don't like, think the Prophet should have been banned either, so I don't even like that comparison. But <laughs> I'm on the don't ban stuff kick. I'm on the yeah. take things off the ban list kick. I would mm-hmm. take five, six, seven cards off if I could. I don't want to go in the other direction and mm-hmm. start banning mm-hmm. stuff. I, I, I've i said this before. Yes, Paradox Engine extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Is it worse than Tooth and Nail? Yeah, right? Because if you want, you can just win every time you play Tooth and Nail. Yeah. Every time it resolves, you can win if you want to. You can get Micaeus, Triskelion. You can get any number, uh, any combination of two. Like, if you want to. Yeah. And and so, mm-hmm. and Paradox Engine, I think, is sort of similar in that if you want to play it in a really degenerate manner, you definitely can. But you can play, like you said, Kiki-Jiki. You can play Niv-Mizzet in a really degenerate manner. You can, if you want to be degenerate in our format, I don't think we should really be too concentrated on bending the rules to stop you. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to find a way within all the cards that exist to be degenerate. So let's just keep the ban list simple. Keep it only for... And I think things like Grizzlebrand are more worrying because it's a legendary, right? When it's not a legendary, I'm not as worried about it because if it's a legendary, you sit down, you get that card. You have it. Yeah. At least in a Paradox Engine deck, like you built a whole deck around it, right? Mm -hmm. You got to build a whole bunch of ways to find that thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's a whole bunch of points in the curve where I can try and stop you from even even finding it mm-hmm. whereas if it's your commander so just a lot tougher so mm-hmm. especially now with no tuck um anyway that's my view but paradox engine listen people are crying about it and i mean sorry crying out about it yeah and crying about it and um, there was yeah. weeping yeah um and, and, and they always when you talk like this they always take the tact like you said it's not good it's amazing no it's, it's amazing. freaking Look, amazing it's i've had it out good. on the board and it's done yeah. incredible things unbelievable card right but I've had a lot of cards. I've had Staff, Staff of Domination out on the board where it's done exactly what yeah. Paradox Engine does. Totally. You know, I've had many cards in, that fit that mold. So 
That's that's my take. It, yeah. it, I'm not it, in yeah. favor of banning it either. I just think that it's going to become the locus of activity at any table it's played on. I, but I don't. I just don't think that's true. Like, well, it is. You have to get rid of it. You oh, oh okay. You have to remove it. Yeah. That's different than a lot of decks are like. It. Yeah. It be, the whole game becomes about. Oh, he's got one in his graveyard. Oh, I think Consecrated that. Sphinx is still more powerful. I think being able to draw six cards in one turn cycle is better than unless you just win with the paradox engine, and yeah. I guess a lot of decks do. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's I, so many cards you can just play and win, though. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Crosen Grip can is still a card that exists. Everyone is packing some kind of artifact removal. I, I don't know. I just feel like sure, not everyone. If you're not playing white, you don't have path to exile. You can't exile a creature. But if you're playing any other color, you can get rid of that freaking artifact. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, maybe they do stuff in response to win the game. But you, you it's can there. Get you, rid the of tools it. are there. Yeah. All right. We'll see. <laughs> And hopefully Black you guys has tools are right. too. Black has universal solvent. You know, black has the seven mana exile of permanent. You know, yes. every Cowboy every color every color can get rid of that stupid card. Which is what Mark Rosewater loves about the format. <laughs> <laughs> every color can handle artifacts now. Um all right, well, let's move on to our... <laughs> I was trying to segue, it's just not coming. No, oh, does anyone have any cards that they think should get banned outside of that? Anything else? Oh, yeah, that's true. We only talked about Paradox Engine. Is there anything else that's sort of on the list uh, that you think might maybe should go? I don't think there's anything, really, but uh, I will say that Paradox Engine, in conjunction with the other card that's from that set, uh, uh, Planar Bridge, is bonkers. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah sure. That's nuts. You just but, fetch I mean, everything not up. Not ban-worthy, though. Neither of them. Um, I am going to put it out there. I bet... I bet some people are looking at Vidalcan Orrery. Really? As in the card that literally changes the way you play the game mm. every single time you play it. Well, we've definitely been like yelling from the rooftops about Vidalcan Orrery for a long, long time, and I still don't think people listen, so I'm not worried right now because I feel like people haven't understood how good that card is. This could yeah. be my Nostradamus yeah. moment. Yeah, it's such a good card. Like, but... every deck in our playgroup has Vidalcan yeah. Orrery, and I go out into the wild GPs, mm-hmm. you know, Card Kingdom when we had our little gathering, Vegas, whatever. You play with a lot of people. I never see it, and I'm just like... Vidalcan Ori is Every deck so here can good. play it. It changes where you sit at the table. Yeah. 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 There's no other card that does that. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, except for, except for, well, yeah. except well, for when everyone has one. Yeah. Then it doesn't do anything. <laughs> no, true. it still does. No, I know. It still does. But it doesn't, got a it doesn't change where you sit at Somebody the table. Blinks. Yeah. Well, the fact that you can... Yeah. I mean, it's every non-land card. That's That, to me, if it was just like creatures you control, flash, or whatever. But the fact that it's every non-land card makes me go like, oh, boy, that thing is... Whew. It changes the rules in a fun way. Uh, I don't and, think it's ban worthy yeah. in the way that like it doesn't even do anything. Right, yeah, that's, that's true. When you play it, it doesn't do anything. That's yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. Um, it's a very good card though. I've resisted putting it in every deck I own. I've gone the opposite way and just bought a billion of them. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, why doesn't this deck have a Dark Nora? There it goes. I just put it in the ones where yeah, like Japanese makes foil the most ones. sense. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Well, I, yes, it for sure does. Literally all of them. But I resist that like power creep urge yeah, as much as I can. Um, well, all right. they're from a spiky meta. I don't know. If you know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. So this is kind of a big one, and I wasn't sure how to word it, but by far when we tweeted out asking for like what we thought the big issues about Commander uh, sort of are, and also... Through the Game Nights theory uh, series, through our podcast, I'm sure you through our email, I'm sure you guys get this all mm-hmm. the time. The number one by a landslide. It's not even close. Like the gap between this and whatever the next issue is is so far that you can't even see the next issue. Is the conflict between casual and competitive, and it rears its head in many ways depending on pe- how people are wording their comments, their tweets, their emails. But it always boils down to this moving target of. 
you know, where everybody, what everybody thinks the format is mm -hmm. as far as how competitive it is. So my question is, is this solvable? Is this, is this even a weakness of the format? I think it might be a strength. What do you guys think about this sort of tug and pull, this conflict between casual and competitive? I think it's definitely a strength. I think it's a strength that you can have both exist simultaneously and can actually even play together and still it people get what they want out of the yeah. format right at the same time uh so i think it's it's the thing about commander it's the thing it's the multiplayer equals four people who want something different out of the game and they all get to get it like i think that's the the number one thing that i love about it yeah i've dabbled a little bit um but not actually uh, not played anything significant. We have a deck tester who uh, everybody at this table knows, I think, Johnny Crass. Um, he's the big competitive EDH player in our playtest group, and yet he can't muster a single game of competitive EDH with any of us. Um, <laughs> I think it's overall a strength. The only real weakness is that it leads to confusion when people are talking about commander. If you're a new player and you've never seen the other type of commander, you can easily be confused if somebody says, hey, let's play some competitive, because you're like, oh, I've got a competitive deck, and you bring mm -hmm. out, you know, Narset or something like that. But it's not the dual commander Narset. So it adds a little bit of confusion, but overall, it's, it's fine. It's just fine. I think if you're going to play something competitive, you play standard or modern. So you don't think competitive has, should be part of commander then? Oh, no. I'm fine with it being that I think it should be. If people want to play it and people want to have fun playing that way, that's fine. I think there are better competitive formats is what I mean. I think that's true also. I don't think Commander is that good of a competitive format. Yeah, I think <laughs> you if you're know? trying to play Commander competitively, you are actually doing yourself an active disservice unless you really like yeah. the arch enemy aspect yeah, of see, it. Yeah, see, I don't yeah. think you're doing yourself a disservice at all. Like, you just well, competitive no, I'm just saying, politically. Like, I don't think sure. competitive Commander players are like wrong but not here's oh, the thing no, no. i think no, when when you say competitive commander player i'm thinking of someone that wants to win with cards and cards alone i just not think somebody who wants to win i mean for me if you want to build the most if you want to be a competitive singleton player play canadian highlander play dual commander 1v1 formats yeah. i think if you're going into it with the, the idea that like i'm competitive and that i must win with my cards and don't understand the political aspects of it then you're not doing yourself a service yeah, I don't know that competitive commander players. Now, there's dual commander. There's French that, commander. See, that's what there's, I think of when I think of competitive yeah, commander. Yeah. That's what I thought dual. you were talking about no, specifically. No, I'm talking about the gap between oh. different players and what they think is powerful and too powerful and not powerful yeah, enough yeah. and yeah. how people like hate when the guy sits down with his really spiky deck and tries to win the game in a certain way. I think there just needs to be better education for that in general. I mm -hmm. think people need to be able to like know as just a baseline, like, look... Not every deck is made equal. You have a huge number of cards that are going to be able to be played. Someone's going to have a fun deck that's only common. Someone's going to have a popper deck. You know, yeah. Someone's not. But the whole point is that you can use the politics to really shape how the game works out. And honestly, if you don't like playing with someone, it is not your duty to keep playing with them. I think a lot of people get stuck with the idea of like, I'm always playing with this person. There's nothing else I can do. It's like, there's always something you can do. And I think people get caught up in the it's just not fair mentality way too much. And that... Yeah is just the death of anything you do in life. It's just, it's just so unfair. It's like, I'm, I can list you a million things that are oh, unfair yeah. in life yeah. Yeah. and how I have to get around them to make my life better. And yeah. you can do that too with your gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a classic uh, 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 limited resources thing where it's like, don't, like magic doesn't know you anything when you sit down to play. Don't even expect to play. That's my favorite <laughs> thing that has ever come out of, of, of LR is 
do not expect to play a game of magic when you sit down to play a game of magic. That which sounds bizarre and bonkers, yeah. but it's so true. So like if you're sitting down to play, like don't expect to, I don't know, even have fun, which kind of sucks. But like but you, but there's a reasonable expectation that like we're all trying our best to do it. So like you know, hopefully yeah. it'll work out. So if you bring a spiky deck to and you're just like very like unapologetic about it and everyone else is obviously not doing that then like you're just you're not taking the social temperature there like you just have to be try and be a bit better with that i guess yeah i thought you meant competitive edh like the format the dual commander format. no because they're fine they're off in their world nobody's complaining within that 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 group right it's the group yeah that is the it's not the one v one style, right? But it's people who are sort of—it's the varying power level and the inevitable yeah, it's power level. It's the people in our comments that are like, "Infect yeah. is the worst mechanic ever." I can't believe you guys are playing it. I'm, it's, glad, it's I'm glad you that, like, brought that, that up because, like, if you look through the comments, and Game Nights has really brought this to the fore. If you look through the comments, you'll see like, "Oh, he played Infect. He's so lame." Oh, he played really expensive cards. He's so lame. Oh, he played just the <laughs> normal. A lot of negative comments. Oh, wow. oh, he just played he, the normal cards that like this is YouTube he just played specifically g- generic good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. He's so lame. Oh, he didn't make the optimal play. He's so lame. <laughs> oh, oh, he's playing with that crappy card. He's so and it's like okay, guys, but I mean. My, it's like the takeaway is just that the target is moving so much and so fast that it's yeah. it's actually like if you look at it, guy, like everybody out there, you can't hit it. You can't hit the target. No. It's moving yeah. all over the place. So we have to stop whining. We got to just be a little bit more like, okay, this is going to happen sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a strength of our format that it can happen, like Andy said. That's what I really think. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that yeah. the strength of our format is that it can't be corralled into competitive or casual. It can't be sort of stereotypically pushed in and and mm-hmm. and pros and such try to push us towards like oh they're just casual and i think that lends towards people believing something that's not necessarily true there are people that play commander and they want to win the game and you know what they oh. have just as much right to play the game that way as uh-huh. you have a right to play it with your mm-hmm. possibility storms and not caring that quote unquote not caring about winning although if you don't care about winning then why are you so upset when somebody comes with a de- <laughs> like you do care about winning obviously yeah. we all play to win the game um but I, I think a lot of tolerance on both sides needs to be. And then there's the Absolutely. people who play Leovold and email us constantly saying, every time I play, pull out Leovold, my entire play group just kills me. What do I do? <laughs> uh. Well, dude, don't play Leovold because they obviously hate it. I do think that uh, the people who like complain about those types of things you guys are talking about like in your video, it's like, that is a vocal minority, I, I believe. I right. don't. I don't. I think there's a lot of people because we hear. A I'm lot, not saying there's. Only we hear a lot a about, handful of them, but yeah. I do think there's more people out there who are understanding and want. You know. Oh, there's more reasonable people. Sure. Than yeah, there that's what I mean. Why I agree with that. Well, I mean, I've been on YouTube for six years. November. YouTube and Twitch commenters may be the the worst things in the world. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe. And you're gonna leave a comment on this video, and you'll be like, "I'm not that person." Yeah. But like, don't worry. On, he's like the old YouTube man. I've read. <laughs> I mean, like, look, Freddie runs a channel that has seven million subscribers. Yeah. I've read probably in the early days. I've read every single comment on those videos. I know what the breadth of like yeah. the type of person commenting. Yeah, there's no personal accountability. Yeah. So you're right. It is a vocal minority. But at the same time, it is a very weird question, thing to think about that like people have a high expectation of a game that you should not have that level of expectation for. And honestly, everyone just needs to calm down. Yeah, the only, the only thing I recommend to um, most players is when you go into a mixed environment with people that you've never played with before, and certainly if there are new players, don't bring out you know, your, your table-busting deck. Just don't, unless you're willing to play Arch Enemy and you spell it out that way and you say, look, everybody, I'm going to play my most powerful deck. I want you, all you newbies, to come at me, right? 
and that gives them a very fun struggle. But it's still it's hard though. I, I played with a group in San Diego uh, with my cousin, and we sat down and everybody. I was like, okay, what's the power level? Everybody does. Yeah. Everybody's like, you know, on a one to ten, what are you playing? Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, it's seven, you know, six, seven. I was like, <laughs> okay. So I pulled out what I thought was my seven. Yeah. It was way too strong for them. Like yeah, it wasn't a seven. And I was subjective. like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, sorry. And I sort of went back to my five, maybe, or what I thought was a five. And, and so it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, but they were totally cool. They were like, oh, it's fine. You know, everybody scales a little different because they were reasonable people. Yeah, and I yeah. think that everybody can take a note from that interaction yeah. yes. of me feeling bad and mm-hmm. them feeling bad too. Yes. Exactly. And everybody going like, okay, we missed. Yep. Let's try again here. We'll, we'll, we'll recalibrate and then we'll aim hopefully at the same target this next time. One yeah. of my very first uh, uh, commander experiences is a guy joining our play group and just playing the crazy most powerful decks you've ever seen. Dual lands, like original, like the craziest stuff. And uh, Was it Jimmy? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but like all expeditions. But like all... he taught our group like how to handle those types of yeah, players yeah. and he was he's not he's not a jerk or anything either like he was like what you were a saying right? a reasonable yeah. person so but he never backed off he's just like well like these are my decks like i played with another group you know back in where, where i'm from so like these are just what i have and we were like okay and then he started tuning it down we started tuning it up we kind of met in the middle which i think is if, if you're in a meta and this is the deal that's maybe an aim yeah i think for. people just need to be to hopefully understand that they need to be more reasonable in general for everything. Yeah. And I hope that people are willing to make concessions because we make them all the time in life. And I mean, we, I play this game to have fun. I think most people play the game to have fun. Um, some people may play purely just to win. Uh, I would try to actively avoid those people if they cannot find a way to like play with everyone else or at least make it an experience that everyone can have some level of enjoyment out of. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the thing. If you are playing with somebody who's super competitive and won't tone, tone it down and you don't feel like coming up and your meta doesn't feel like coming up, then talk to them about it. Right. Unless you just yeah. don't want them to play with you anymore and you stop inviting them to come over, just be a grown up and talk to the person and say that this is the problem. Yeah. And but most also, like, people be are reasonable. cool about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause don't... there are like, I, I've like people, same thing. People have written us emails been like, I've mentioned this to my, for like, my friend or whatever he 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 you know and he wasn't responsive or the opposite like uh, I have a very powerful deck and someone's come up to me and like really reamed me out for it it's like you know they you don't deserve to be reamed out either right so like, mm-hmm. be everyone just be cool yeah. <laughs> listen yeah I've I've I think I said this on your show which is take the person and the deck and separate them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And don't prescribe any sort of like personality traits to the person because of the deck they played. So you're not a yeah. jerk because you played a deck or it's, no. it's how you played or how you address yeah. it. Now I don't yeah. like that deck and that deck's mean. It doesn't mean <laughs> you're mean and I don't like you. Yes. And so keep those things separate and you're going to have a lot more, uh, yeah. a lot more success in and dealing w- with people. And when you separate them, you make one sit in the corner and then you play the deck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are on to our very last topic of discussion for commander summit 2017. Dun, dun, dun. It is a question we asked last time, so it'll be interesting to hear if we're on the same uh, agenda or not. It's, you've been elected to the Rules Committee in this hypothetical universe. Mm-hmm. What's the number one item on your agenda? Uh, I remember last time I said, uh, <laughs> errata the Nephilim, make them legendary. Well, guess what? They made four-color commanders instead, which is just fine by me. So and they did had, what I wanted. had nothing to do with the Rules Committee either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it didn't. But um, So my wish was granted, sort of, by other people. Uh I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I like I, you know what my thing is. Don't do anything. Just sit there on your hands and have fun playing commander. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think mine's gonna be similar to what I said last year. I actually forgot what I said last year, but merge. 
Merge, merge, merge. Oh, give it to wizards? No, give it. You don't need to give it, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm done the passive ceding all control, but my goodness, at least try to have some kind of contact with them because your statistical analysis could benefit so much. I mean, they do have, I think there's one person from wizards on the rules committee. There might be two. I don't know. I just feel I don't like know how it works exactly. And, and the other thing is transparency. I think we really need to know how some decisions are being made yeah. outside of we enter a smoky room with cigars and we walk out of it changing the world. Like I don't like that <laughs> at all. This is a game that is we all play and we all have opinions on. But also more importantly, we need to make sure we're making the right decisions when we make those decisions. I mean, Commander's grown so big. There are some indications that it's the second most popular way to play Magic, possibly first. Yep. Uh, Morrow had a couple of polls this last year yeah. that showed Commander. We lost to Limited lost as to, people's favorite yeah. format. Now, these are followers of Mark Rosewater on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So there's some confirmation bias. But at the same time, I would tend to think that that would be more towards standard and limited players than I it would, would be so, casual yeah. Commander players who are yeah. less likely to be online uh, constantly consuming Magic content. I could be wrong. <laughs> but anyway... The outcome of that was that we lost by less than half of 1% in yeah. the finals, too limited as far as what's your favorite format. Um, and then there was another poll, and I forget what it was, one of his brackets where Commander actually came out on top um, as sort of the favorite way to play Magic or something. So definitely we're up there. I think, to Jimmy's point, that's just too many people to have the rules committee sort of operating in the way that it does, um, which is, as far as we know unscientific and i'm not using that word because i made it up i'm using that word because they've used that word as to their process and that's just a little bit scary um so yeah that that wouldn't be my number one agenda necessarily but i, I like it jimmy yeah it's it's tough right i mean it's tough just because of what we just talked about casual versus competitive right what some rules are good for the goose and others are good for the gander right like they i remember when they never banned... heard those words mm -hmm. used like that but yeah <laughs> that's what it up? is right like, what is a gander? gander the gander's a male goose just taking a gander okay. Okay. oh just i kidding. see i Sorry. see yeah. i thought okay. i was looking at something taking a gander yeah no there's a there's a just term. kidding i'm okay. just i'm just messing with you canadian boy listen a. i tell me where i'm supposed to know that's a joke <laughs> why at what point i don't know about that anyway yeah <laughs> i'm sorry um I, have you guys noticed i've been saying it? sorry 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 yeah because that's I'm how it sorry. should be pronounced it's an a, a in there not i'm a. sorry anyways um we're deviating it's uh it's different <laughs> we're now we're uh, i'm gonna get angry canadian emails Listen, now leave me yep. yeah exactly yeah. leave us alone back off you hosers um <laughs> Uh, listen. Oh, we got him totally off subject. Yeah, yeah, now you do. Now I forgot what I was even going to say. Phil, well, what is the one thing? First what, thing I do. On, what's your agenda? First yeah. thing I do, I close all the doors and the windows, and I don't let anybody peer into the process, and I just start <laughs> issuing dicta. Until... Right. You're signing orders after orders. That's right. uh, let's not go here. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, honestly, like, it needs to be run in a way that's a democratic process if it's a democratic game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a political game. We need to make sure that we can all agree to how these things are being formed. In. I think that's one of the reasons you would want Wizards involved, because as, mu as weird as that sounds, when there's a corporation involved, then the customers do have leverage over the corporation, whereas there's yeah. nothing. I've said this many times, but there's yeah. no leverage over the Rules Committee. There's no yeah. way to, like, if they decide they want to do something and it's wrong, what, what does it cost them? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah. I think if you're the rules Some committee... Twitter shaming, I guess? I mean, yeah. Like, it's not like they they don't make as much money. Yeah. At what point do they we revolt? If, if, they, if, they did, if they would do what they're wanting to do, apparently, which is changing that fetch rule, at what point do we just go, yeah, we're not going to do that? It's when Chandra and the Gatewatch get there, then we revolt. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. when we revolt. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, Together we can do it, guys. Do you have a real one, or are you really uh, going to close the doors and windows? <laughs> I, think, I think as a member of the rules committee, it behooves me 
right? To find a way to collect the research about which cards are being abused, which cards are the most problematic, and unfortunately, you know, Mitgo is not the way. Moto is not the way to do that because it's just it's it's a totally different community, and it's really kind of and it's small, terrible. The community, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you have to find some way to make this a little bit more scientific. I mm-hmm. think if you aren't doing that and I love Sheldon and wish him the best of luck because he's dealing with some health issues right now but oh I didn't know that um, feel better you, Sheldon I yeah, don't think he listens yeah. no uh, he doesn't listen to any of us I think but, um, <laughs> well that's for sure <laughs> so <laughs> that's obvious so yeah. my first act on the rules committee is to make us all members of the rules committee and our co-hosts who aren't here right now so. you know it's funny because EDH rec just a dude just Donald Miner just decided to yeah. come up with a on his own a way more scientific way to look at EDH yeah, than the totally. Rules Committee who has been running it for how long? Like, that's what and I think. And according to Sheldon Miner, what, did it cost like $3 million or something? Or yeah. Let's not talk about that. Donald Miner, how much did it cost you? Because I, I, you just messaged me because I bet it wasn't $2 million. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I've already said it. I, I just unban a, a, a bunch of cards. Yeah. Yeah. Biorhythm, you're back. Yeah, I, I think I would. I think whatever. Yeah, just do it. Whatever. Yeah. Just yeah. get just get that ban list way down. And then maybe we could look at some cards that I really would braids. ban. Braids. Free braids. But man. I don't. Free braids, braids is legendary. I tried to. I tried to, but I made a whole Free deck braids. around yeah. it and uh, forgot that she was banned. Oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Did you yeah, proxy at least first as a... Uh, no, no, no. Was no, it budget uh, at least? For the podcast. Just change uh, it to Geth. I didn't actually Geth. make it. I just change it to Geth or Laval. It's more wait, embarrassing than I did it for the podcast, though. <laughs> Telling wait, everybody, uh, hey, in your braids deck, you can do this. You don't actually make all those decks? No. Oh, I don't have God. 80... Nine decks, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that just about wraps up our Commander Summit 2017. But of course, you, the listeners, are just as important. And we want to know what you think of the state of the format in general. Also, this episode. Do you like the state of the format? So weird having. A I just realized that camera has never seen me. It's so. never seen you, yeah. yeah. Um, and what do you think is the biggest issue facing EDH at the moment? <laughs> Uh, the biggest thing facing me right now would be that face in the camera. Um, yeah, so please send us a tweet. Where can we find you guys on Twitter if we want to send you our thoughts on your thoughts? At Andy Hullbone. And your co-host? At Sean Tabaris. And, and your show? show? At Commander's Brew. <laughs> Commandersbrew.com also. Phil, are you ready to answer Articles the same slew of questions? At Ketjack. And, and your co-host? Hosts. At Copain26 and at Mr. Plorg. And your show? And at Commander and MTG. You can find me at JF Wong. Our show is at Commandcast. At Josh Lee Kwai. I think you guys probably already know all that. Um, so we'd please. love to hear yes. your thoughts, although as we yeah. know it's going to be the casual competitive thing. So thanks in advance. <laughs> um, all right. Time for the end step where we Ooh. talk about something cool outside the world of magic. We always turn it over to our guests when we have them. So, Phil, Andy, do you have something cool outside the world of magic that you want to talk about? I do. Yeah, me too. Okay, go Phil, Phil, go first. Yeah. All right. Um, as usual, I have three. Oh, uh, gosh. But it's We're an be fast. hour and 40 in this. It's yeah, please, please make it fast. Are you going to propose again? Uh, <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about it. All right. um, the first is, if you're looking for a complex game like Commander, and I'm, I, I realize this sounds like a plug, League of Legends is fantastic. Mm. Anybody who's played it understands how deep it is, but move on if you're not playing it. Um, Biggest video game in the world, everybody. Try it out. Yeah, right? Try it out. If you haven't heard of it. Number two. You know a good actor? Tom Hanks. Anyways, (laughs) Number two, and I I can't help but look at Josh when I say this, but Moana. If you haven't seen Moana, go see it. It's almost out of the... By the time this uh, drops, it's probably gone. It's a fantastic movie. Absolutely fantastic. Number three is... 
and this is really the, the, the big one, Microscope RPG. I've been playing this game called Microscope <laughs> RPG. Um, it's done by Ben Robbins, who is at Lame Mage on Twitter. Fantastic collaborative world-building game. Uh, cool. a, uh, a set of rules, and that is actually uh, the gift that I've brought you. No because cards. cards. Index cards are key to making this work, and I'll I'll show you. I'll link it. I'll, I'll you provide you the link. You need index cards to play this game. You need index cards to play this oh, game interesting. because you you write things on them, you put them down, and then those define periods of history, and then you explore uh, all the gaps in that period of history. I like history. That's cool. fantastic. Yeah, I know you like. Her, I'm her already history, excited so about this game now. This I wasn't until you, you said periods of history. I wasn't yeah. until I brought out the index card. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. Oh, boy. Do my grade eight speech again. Here we yeah. go. Cool. Uh, mine is one thing because I'm a reasonable person. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's League of Legends, the smallest video game in the world. Yeah, yeah, try it out. Perhaps you've heard of it. Uh, no, mine is another game. It's uh, Plants vs. Zombies Heroes. Have you guys played this yet? Yeah, that's good. I know, Phil, and I heard you and Nate talking about yeah. it oh, on cool. your show. Is it a card uh, game, too? It is a card yeah, game. I've it's, seen It's yeah. a CCG cool. game. It's on your phone. Uh, it is. Really good. Mm -hmm. I, I gotta say, yeah. like, I just started playing. It's been like, yeah, whatever. Like, I played Hearthstone for a bit. I enjoyed it. It's fine. Uh, I'm, and I've been playing this, but I can't. I haven't been able to put this down since I've been playing it. Wow. One of the things I love about it is it's pretty well balanced. Like, that's great. And they and it's, it's a thing where it's like you have to be plants or zombies, so it's mm -hmm. not like you'll have to play plants versus plants or anything. So there's like a defined side cool. to what you're playing. It's kind of like the old Star Wars game in that way. You could either be the Empire or the And Wars. Netrunner. Uh, yeah, Netrunner, right. Yeah. Um, and Star uh, Wars Destiny, the new card game. There's tons of them. Anyways, uh, um, it, that they do that really well. And like the thing I hate about those games, though, is like, oh, gems, right? Like, mm -hmm. I got to do this for gems, or I got to buy this. And it's like, it's never as good a return as magic. To, to like That's why I always compare it to. So I'm always like, well, I'm gonna, if I'm going to spend money on a game, I'm going to spend it on magic. Like, magic's right. number one. But this game makes it very easy to earn those gems just by playing, and uh, so I, I gotta say, like, uh, it's the only one that I've consistently played because of that. Great cards, obviously, it's like all basically taken from Magic and Hearthstone already. But the it's like lanes, oh, it's so good. It combines a lot of good things from a lot of different card games, so you get like a, an interesting kind of new take on it. It's I have heard good things about that game. Honestly. Cool. Yeah. I'll make sure they give it a try. Yeah. It's really fun. Another thing you should give a try is make sure you guys head on over to CardKingdom.com/slash/CommandZone. That is our affiliate link. After an hour and 45 minutes of spewing nonsense at wow. you, we ask you this one thing. This is like an old school episode. Yeah, this is like an old school this episode. This is like episode seven. Yeah, I'm exhausted, by the way. I'm about to literally fall over. Yeah. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone so I don't fall over to pay for my surgery when they hit the ground and split my head open. So we live that awesome podcast life that oh, Andy Hall yeah, was talking awesome about. awesome podcast life. <laughs> raining dollars, <laughs> Raining dollar, dollar bills. We are yeah. raining pennies up in here. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Make Thanks. sure you check out our sister podcast, The Masters yes. of Modern, Alex Kessler, Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format, all things competitive magic. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast or right next to us on Collected.Company, our new mm. magic hub. That's your cue. Our editor for the show, Terry <laughs> Robertson. Terry. Hey, Terry. Terry has gone through an hour and 46 minutes now of this podcast. <laughs> Not that and Jimmy is like paying very close attention. Yeah. Editor it's going up. Show. It's cranking on uh, up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Terry. Uh, he makes awesome video versions of these podcasts where you can see all four of our faces, the very first for the Command Zone podcast, youtube.com slash the Command Zone podcast. And Jeffrey Palmer makes the Living Card animations that start and end each show at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. Where can we find you guys once again for your Commander podcast? And Andy Hellbone and at Command 
command uh, command zone. That's a different podcast that we're on right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, you'd be surprised how often I do that on our own show. <laughs> yeah, at Commanders Brew. Thank you. Okay, and I'm at Ketjak K E T J A K and at Commander and MTG. Can't recommend your guys' shows enough. Please check them out. Again, all the links will be below the video in the show notes. And I'm sure we'll tweet about it, too. Yeah. Gentlemen, thanks for having us, dude. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. Thank Until you for listening. Time. And uh, have a great night. <laughs> Bye. Peace. Peace. For your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.